you're never actually safe from the Coheed and Cambria reference. It's around any corner. I've never wanted to have sex with a pot pie, but like, I'd have sex with that pot pie. <laughs> We're all weak to stepping on nails. Let me preface this by saying I wrote a script. Daytona Beach is like two mild inconveniences for being a post-apocalyptic wasteland anyway. So many of my tabs say semen. Are you guys ready for this weird horny adventure that we're all about to go on? You can't handcuff me for skanking. This motherfucker gaslights you. Diet Coke and Sorrow will be chapter four. And against all odds, Kyle, we became those squirrely weirdos. This whole podcast is a very negative mouthfeel. Water. Earth. Fire. Wind. Water. Heart. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) Water. Earth. Fire. Air. Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. Then, everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. We've all heard that before, right? Oh, I get it. That was... Guys, we're doing, <laughs> we're doing Avatar. We're doing Avatar. Hello, and welcome to Debate This, a show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and how tentpole Nickelodeon property, or, sorry, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and tentpole Nickelodeon properties that were treated poorly by their home network, only to be later given their own studio to pad out an unnecessary extra streaming service. That is a much <laughs> broader group than I would like to <laughs> acknowledge. I don't know many others that got their own studio to pad out an unnecessary streaming service, but Nickelodeon does like to treat big tentpole properties of it very poorly. Um, I got to play the fool here. Which shows are you referring to Paramount Plus and which shows are you referring to? I actually I'm not following you on this. I'm actually referring to the show we're about to talk about today, Avatar The Last Airbender, which they were given when they announced Paramount Plus, they also announced the creation of Avatar Studios to create content specifically for Paramount Plus. um, I did not know that. Featuring the two creators of Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah, hmm. I was uh, referencing SpongeBob, which while it hasn't totally been made to pad out its own streaming service, it has been given its own sub-studio to wring money out of an IP after SpongeBob, the creator died. Um, anything Butch Hartman, like whatever Butch Hartman's studio hmm. is called is similar. Okay. Like they, yeah, you know, they it. get their to- cash cow and then they squeeze it dry. Um, to uh, quote that Phineas and Ferb meme, if, it, if I had a nickel for every time it happened, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. Um, your pop-up video moment is Butch Hartman was the creator of Fairly Odd Parents and Danny Phantom. Everybody yes. on this podcast knows that, but I don't know that our <laughs> listeners know that. Man, I okay, listen, I really like Avatar. I'm excited to talk about Avatar. I'd kind of rather talk about Danny Phantom today. Can we talk about Danny Phantom? <laughs> see, see, and when I think of Danny Phantom, then I start debating, do I like Danny Phantom more than Ben 10? Because I, I was, really like oh, Ben that 10. that was the same question I just had. <laughs> right? The only reason, I'm going to say a hot take, the only reason I watched Danny Phantom is because it looked like Fairly Odd Parents. Yeah. I never liked Danny Phantom. Danny, um, Phantom. Danny Phantom is a very good property. It is not what we're talking about today. <laughs> if you want us to talk about Danny Phantom or Ben 10, um, please join our Patreon at a at the Master Debater level 
um, for three months, and then you can commission your own flavor text. And we'll force Todd, Matt, Andrew, or myself to watch all of Danny Phantom or Ben 10 and then talk about it on this, sh- on this podcast. There are so many Ben 10 spinoffs. So many. And I would watch them all. <laughs> you heard them, guys. <laughs> You'd watch them all. Um, so before I dive into this, I would like to thank um, longtime patron, um, now master debater level patron and hashtag buttthwomp nation citizen fan of the show and my brother the harmacist himself dr garlic butter for commissioning today's episode um forcing he's got me, seven titles <laughs> he's got seven he's got so many titles at this point um yeah forcing me to do an even deeper dive on this show that we both grew up watching and obsessing over together um so Thank you, Derek, for this opportunity, and I hope this fills your, this scratches your avatar itch, because um, it was a lot. It's a, Were it's you going to say, I hope this fills your avatar hole? Is that nope. what you were going to say? Um, I think I was going to, I think I was going to say, I hope this fits your criteria, but I didn't like mm. that, so I, yeah. But fills your avatar hole is icky, and I hate it's a you bad for sentence. putting that in my listeners. Listeners, we here debate this. Want to fill your avatar hole? No, <laughs> nope, we don't. We it's don't. Like now, you, now you got. Now you have a clean cut of that. You're welcome. Let's go on. Let's um, continue. So to help me do that today, and so I am not talking into a silent microphone for four hours, are Andrew Badger Mole Henderson, Todd Tiger Dillo Thomas, and Matt Otter Penguin Cole. Um, so before we do dive in, guys, what do you know about Avatar The Last Airbender and or its spin-off projects? Who wants to start? C- can I start? You can. So I watched the original series um, fairly half-heartedly, um, and I-, I shared with the other guys in the recording. So out of the four of us, three of us were present when uh, we paid our actual <laughs> hard-earned college money to, to go and see this movie by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> yeah, uh, where the theater, I think, actually booed at the end of the movie, which was uh, a very interesting That was a experience. first for me, yeah. Mm-hmm. That must have been really cathartic in the moment, though. It was. It, it was and I, it wasn't, because, like... I mean, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't. It was bittersweet, but it's like the reason we were booing, we were way more upset about. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, I vaguely remember during the credits... Uh, the guys like next to us were talking and I was like, yeah, I don't think this is a very good movie. And I think Andrew leaned out and looked at him and said, we're going to boo this movie. <laughs> or or something to the tune of, how about a good old fashioned booing? Which um, obviously the movie was bad. The series was very fun and um, I am a casual fan, but I did enjoy everything that I watched. Uh, yeah, my experience is similar because I was watching Avatar while Todd was either half-hearted while they're watching Avatar when we lived together, <laughs> while in in between mainlining episodes of Lost. Yeah, I was watching um, so much Lost. That yeah. was when I was getting DVDs sent to me by Netflix. And you were also the exclusively keeping that Little Caesars by our apartment in, in, in business. Yeah, uh, not many years after we moved, it shut down. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm, not a joke. Uh, so I definitely watched it, loved it, when I watched it, it has also been, it has been 10 years. So I've forgotten most of the major beats. So I'm looking forward to just getting reminded of this. I will say I have never watched Legend of Korra. I've wanted to for a long time. It's been on my wish list like forever. I just never, you know. We, I will, 
I will talk about Legend of Korra at the end. I un- unfortunately for Derek, I'm not going to get there. Sit you guys through a deep dive of Legend of Korra in the same recording session because it will double the length of this episode, which is already going to be pretty long. So um, we will hit on it. Legend, Legend of Korra is a very good follow up um, for a again a property that Nickelodeon seemingly could have cared any less about um but we'll get to that yeah my answer is is pretty similar but in a different way because we were having much different life experiences in 2005 2006 uh so i was watching avatar as it aired on tv um and i enjoyed it i really liked it but i let's see this how long was avatar on six years it aired it the first episode aired February twenty first, two thousand five, and the series wrapped late to or wrapped yeah late two thousand eight. Because I was okay. in college, I was in my freshman. I watched my, I watched the finale in fifty eight. <laughs> so, in our in our co- in our fraternity house, I watched uh, the finale. <laughs> so as the baby of this show, I'm obligated to note that I was in middle school when Avatar happened, oh, and. God. Uh, yeah, so I watched it when it was on TV, but I didn't watch every episode. I didn't like keep super track of it. I really enjoyed it, and it's definitely one of those shows that I have kept thinking, like, man, I should go back and rewatch Avatar. I should, I should finish that series and like put put the effort into it. And I'm guessing today is gonna convince me to do that, but I haven't done it yet. So, um, I will say, while it is cur- while both series are currently still on Netflix, it's probably your best fl- place to watch them. Uh, because once that license expires, I'm sure it's going to go on Paramount Plus, and you guys already have Netflix and probably don't want to pay for Paramount Plus. So, 2021 me feels about Paramount Plus as 2019 me felt about Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, in that yeah. you'll inevitably get you'll inevitably cave, but you'll delay yeah. it as long as possible. I think you I'm won't tapped. be happy about it. I think I'm out on, on streaming services. There's I can't. There's a lot of them. I can't get any more. Something like because I, I have this on Blu-ray. I have a, I have Avatar on Blu-ray. Um, I got it months before Netflix announced it was coming to Netflix, <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> um, which is fine because now I won't have to pay for Paramount Plus to watch it again. But um, yeah, yeah. So let's dive in, shall we? Um, so as I said, February first, two thousand five, two days before. Your, your very own Kyle Harper's 15th birthday, Nickelodeon aired two episodes of an animated project not quite like anything else seen on the network at the time. Um, for years, Nickelodeon had been trying to capture like the tween to young adult, young teen range with like more serious um, either live shows on this like animated network or... Um, you know, more serialized animated projects um, and and hadn't really found an audience. Um, found There was some niche interest in projects like Invader Zim, which was a little <coughs> aged up from some of the rest of Nickelodeon's fare, but that was still also like a very silly show and not super serious um, and was canceled after two seasons because Nickelodeon hates anything that doesn't isn't an immediate runaway success for some reason 
So, um, trying to capture this audience, they released Avatar, The Last Airbender, um, a very serialized anime-inspired show that um, puts a, put a lot of work into its world building. It's um, got beautiful animated fight choreography. And um, I know I and many others like me were immediately hooked. Um, this would go on, like I said, to have two more seasons, a four-season spinoff, a movie we all pretend didn't happen, and a comic book series that um, fills in some of the gaps and adds to the world building of this show. And now, as I said earlier, um, has its own dedicated Avatar Studios to create content for Paramount+. Plus. So um, for a while, there's this weird limbo where the rights were sold to Netflix and Netflix is still developing a live-action Avatar show that, similar to the M. Night Shyamalan movie, no one's super excited about anymore because they made very key We've changes. We've all been burned before. Yeah. We've all been burned before. They made very key changes to... They've announced very key changes to the plot, which we can talk about at the end of the episode. Um, it's promising to be a little more accurate to the diversity and, like... Um, issues of indigenous peoples that the original show kind of dabbles in, but still ultimately like isn't going to be super faithful to the source material. Do you can I can I quickly just I want to comment because I think this is a really important time in uh, in in TV in streaming TV because we're at a point like Netflix has done now a bunch of live action anime adaptations and most of them have not been good. Um, I will source the Death Note one with weirdly <laughs> enough feet starring Willem Dafoe. Um, but on this, the day at our, of our Lord, November 8th, AD 2021, we are about two weeks out from the live action Cowboy Bebop adaptate, adaptation, mm. which may be the first good anime ad, live, ad, live action anime adaptation. And I feel like if they're able to pull it off with Cowboy Bebop, that gives me promise that this might actually not be bad. Um, I will also cite The Witcher as not necessarily an anime, but a really good a beloved adaptation niche, of a very, yes. Beloved niche property that has been ad adapted yeah. well, yeah. It it feels like Netflix really, really, really wants to get there, but ne has not gotten there yet. So as all of these streaming services kind of like jockey into their positions, like their what niches they're going to fill, Netflix is definitely seeming to go for the like anime fan slash gaming nerd crowd. Yeah, they're uh, they going had, for Reddit. They, they want to be Reddit. They want to be Reddit. They have the <laughs> um, the League of Legends documentary series that just aired. That's apparently very good. Um, they're doing all the anime remakes and like the Evangelion uh, moot, like even Evangelion finished episodes that also they're now sharing with amazon or something yeah 3.0 plus 1.0 yeah matt we gotta get on that <laughs> we do we do and i'm interested that's still just 4.0 no <laughs> um so anyway, sorry it's it's entirely possible that like it will be a good show and the changes will will make sense in their new world but it's also that they're they're big changes so we'll see um so a little bit in the creation of avatar um it's um, created by Michael Dante DiMartino, 
and Brian. I'm going to mess up this last name. Konitsko? Konitsko. Konetsko? Konetsko. That sounds right. Um, so they're the two creators. Um, Konetsko um, claims he first thought of the, the beginnings of the Avatar series in 2001. He was studying a documentary about explorers trapped in the South Pole. And he had kind of doodled this reimagining of the wise old monk trope as a small child. So he had like the the robes and the bald head still, but he was a he was a little kid. Um, That's so weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't. He he has he's worked um, on a few other sh- animated shows, um, Family Guy, King of the Hill, and Invader Zim as a uh, character creator. So he could have just been you know d- practicing like character models. Who knows. Um, he says he then drew the character into a little scene of herding bison in the sky. Uh, so with the backdrop of the South Pole documentary he'd been watching, he came up with the basic story of, quote, there's an air guy along with these water people trapped in a snowy wasteland. Maybe some fire people pressing down on them? End quote. Uh, so elements very important to the the whole series were all in that like kind of first couple sketches he made of the show that would become Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, DiMartino and Quintetsko worked together, worked together <coughs> on Family Guy, King of the Hill, and Mission Hill specifically. Um, DiMartino was a director of um, a few episodes of a few seasons of those shows, and Quintetsko was a character designer, as I said before. Um, they say they they say they pitched Avatar to Nickelodeon two weeks after those initial sketches were drawn up, developed it over the next three years, and teased it the, for the first time at San Diego Comic Con in 2004 to have it come to air in 2005. Like I said, um, pretty pretty amazing that like they hadn't like run a show at all together and came up with a very large property. Nickelodeon in their like first grand slam Nickelodeon property yeah, yeah. Um, in their first try so kudos um, like outside of out sorry go ahead no I was gonna say it's interesting that they pitched to Nickelodeon first because you wouldn't think of that as like you would think like Cartoon Network like for two like mm-hmm. a Toonami like this would be yeah. like perfect Toonami fair yeah yeah um, I just I think that's interesting I mean I, all these things are just like connection industry it, connections and so. it's it's industry connections um Konyetsko had the invader the in with invader zim at the time yeah, so they might have fair. been interested in keeping him on board um but yeah well, what I was gonna say is this is I think there's like at least in regards to my childhood there's like the first wave of Nickelodeon things that I watched when I was very young which is like Rugrats Rugrats you know, Rugrats Doug, Rocco's um, Modern mean, Life, yeah, Ren and yeah. Stimpy, like those things that are like that are very, like quote very old, um, and this strikes me as like the flagship second wave, um, like after all those things had kind of started to like wane, yeah, this was a property that like came and defined the next wave of Nickelodeon releases, yeah, um, super critically acclaimed. The whole series averages like an eight. <laughs> on IMDb, which is amazing for an animated yeah, kids show, really good um, for I- and for IMDb and for IMDb. <laughs> yeah. 
um, several episodes hitting like a 9.8 to a a 10 rating. Yeah. Um, Incredible show. Do you you talk about what episode is the 10 or are the 10? I do not. I did not have IMDb open, but I I have guesses. And yeah. yeah. Um, So before we dive into the story, um, I'd like to cover some of the world building and the basics. Um, The whole setup is um, the continuation of that monologue I started to uh, spout at the top. Um, It is the opening credits, the opening title sequence to every episode. (laughs) So if you watch the show, you're going to hear, long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony, and then everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Only the Avatar, master of all four elements, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. A hundred years passed, and my brother and I discovered a new avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe Aang can save the world. So we have our premise, we have our main character, Aang, the titular last airbender, (laughs) Um, which we'll, we'll get into that. And you saying, but I believe Ang can save the world, just like unlocked a whole <laughs> like six months of my life in my brain. Like I got chills when you said that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's again played before every episode. I binged every marathon of this, like Nickelodeon played too. So I've heard that title sequence in my sleep at this point, um, hundreds, if not thousands of times at this point um so well it's a really iconic show open too you know very iconic i would put it up there with like scrubs and weeds like Mm -hmm. there are some show opens that just stick with you and that is very much one of them yeah um so avatar takes place in a fantastical world where there are people who can telekinetically manipulate or bend quote unquote one of the four quote-unquote elements um water fire air and earth um all through a corresponding martial art um it's soft magic system there's not a one-to-one correlation between like this movement makes this element do a thing it's all kind of like power of friendship strength of will the more (laughs) you believe in yourself the more you can bend kind of thing um which is great for a kid's show Um, originally taught to humans, uh, through studying the animals of this world that can manipulate these elements or the moon in one case, as we'll talk about the four type, um, the four types of bending are all genetically passed on. And therefore in this world, um, the, the, or I'm sorry, therefore this world is sort of shaped around four national identities that all grew from their corresponding elements and bending styles. Um, in addition to that, there exists one person in each generation who can bend all four elements at the same time, known as the Avatar. The Avatar is destined and tasked to maintain balance in this world, whatever that may mean while they're um, alive. <laughs> real quick, Kyle, uh, t- Matt, can we get a, can we get a, he said the thing. They said the name of the thank you um and when the avatar dies um their spirit reincarnates into a a newborn 
continuing the cycle, ensuring the world always has an avatar to maintain the balance. Now, do they, when they're born, do they know that they're destined, like they're fated to be an avatar or do they have to like, or is it like a Hokage in Naruto where they have to get to, to, was that for anybody? No, (laughs) I think really they just have to like, meet with Sigourney Weaver and if Sigourney Weaver <laughs> ah. tells them it's okay, then they can become an avatar got and it. go off and explore the planet with the other blue avatars. So that's yeah. I'm so, surprised that we've gotten this far. Yeah, <laughs> somebody made a James Cameron's avatar. Yeah. Approximately 25 minutes mm-hmm. into the recording. It's pretty um, impressive. So it, it does cycle. So it, they go in order in a, in a order through the four bending types. Um, so I believe it is, fire air water earth in whatever organization you start um they don't immediately know they know that they know the everyone knows the cycle so like when the when the previous fire avatar died they knew the next one would be born an airbender and then they have tests they do to find the avatar involving um, and it's gotcha. based on tests they do to find the Dalai Lama, actually, every really? time the Dalai Lama reincarnates, so to speak. They lay a bunch of stuff out on a blanket, and they have a person pick it out. Yes. they. Um, um, Kyle, am I remembering this right in that didn't the four nations all have, like, or the four types of bending? You might get to this. Sorry. Aren't they, like, four different styles of martial arts? Is that? I, is that... I will okay. get to that. Yeah. Um, cool. they are. They are all each based on... Based on and adapted from a like real style of martial art practiced in our in our world, um, <coughs> so going through the tribes in order that we're introduced to them, um, the water tribe or the four nations, I should say, the water tribe mostly inhabits the north and south poles of the world, each with their own chief. Uh, they are loosely based on Inuit tribes. And mostly sustain themselves through hunting and fishing. They practice water bending, which is based on movements found in Tai Chi. It involves a lot of like circular motion, a lot of um, redirection, and like um, mo- controlling your opponent's movements with your own movements. Um, core to the water bending philosophy. Excuse me. The first waterbenders learned to manipulate water from watching the moon bring in the tide or bring the tides in and out. And much of their power is actually derived from the moon, as I kind of hinted at in the beginning. Um, to the point where like a full moon greatly increases a waterbender's ability, and a new moon um, greatly weakens their waterbending ability. So they have they are kind of on like a month cycle of power as a waterbender they're werewolves they're kind of <laughs> kind of werewolfy um and we'll get into a, a good spooky halloween story that pops up in uh book three having to do with that um hmm. it is the element associated with change and balance uh the yin and yang are very closely associated with waterbending and we will talk about that when we get to it Um, And it focuses, like I said, on controlling and reacting to your opponent's movements, not just attacking them. Um, Next, we are introduced to an airbender. Um, So the air nomads are a monastic order who are nomadic by nature. 
in that they don't have like a true nation with borders, but they all live in temples that the temple exists. That's kind of the like air sovereign area within other nations, but they kind of go out from the temples and try and help people more or less. Um, Air nomads are loosely based on Tibetan Buddhist monks and like indigenous people who lived in the Himalayan mountains. Um, theocratic in their organization, they inhabit four temples spread across the world, literally a north, south, east, and west temple that are all visited throughout the series. Um, they sustain themselves through simple agriculture and trading, but largely hold no possessions or land outside their temples. Um, airbending ten techniques are based on the martial art Bagua and Gunshu. Um, Bagua being a like marsh standalone martial art and Gunshu being um, Chinese staff martial arts. Um, the staff is very important in airbending. And it uses a lot of circular movements that draw power from the breath and the center of the ab abdomen. The first airbenders learned to airbend by watching Sky Bison fly around, which... I'm sorry, did you say Sky Bison? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So another fun aspect of this world is um, its strange myth magical creatures, um, one of which is a main character, a main character in the series, the Sky Bison, a six-legged, fluffy, flying bison that is adorable <laughs> and amazing and gigantic, and I want one. What's the What's the Sky Bison's name? Appa. 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 That's it. <laughs> I uh, I always thought that Sky Bison. This is weird, and this is maybe just for me. But I always thought that Sky Bison looked kind of like what sea monkeys actually look like, like the microscopic image of like a sea monkey. <laughs> the the brine shrimp, Matt. That's yeah. not not super like. Uh, well, here. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll get our first picture in our image gallery here of a sea monkey of a sky bison if i can make the image gallery work and yeah also a sea monkey also a sea monkey so our first image is well yeah it'll be our first image the second image is the map i'm kind of referencing when i talk about these nations um but the first image is appa our sky bison friend um you see two people sitting on his head uh riding him like a like a big carriage that's because sky bison are gigantic and you can ride on them like a big carriage and it's amazing. And as I said before, I want one. They're the, sorry, they're the cat the buses of this world. Um, cat buses. Cat buses. It is in the drive. It is. At, oh, I totally missed that. Yeah, you're good. Sorry. It's Avatar FT image gallery. Um, okay, let's pick it up. At, they're the cat buses. <laughs> they're. <laughs> They look, they look not unlike a cat bus. And actually, uh, the creators cite Studio Ghibli as Studio Ghibli as a main influence on Avatar. Um, oh, of course they do. In addition, love, in addition to love, Star Wars and Harry Potter. I love Appa's like fat dumpy face. He's so adorable. <laughs> He's so fucking cute. It's just like I love when people create characters like this only exists so it can be a plushie. Yes. yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's hey. the it's what I've come to know as the Baby Yoda effect. Yeah. 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 100%. Um, I did a little Googling. I said sea monkey. I met 
Tardigrade. Tardigrade oh, was the microorganism. Yes, I was yes that is for. better. They, That's my they bad. They do look like tardigrades, very much so. Um, so yeah, sky bison fly via airbending, and then the first airbender, human airbenders, learned from watching sky bison. And we say oh, yeah, and the first Appa's human, a big, a big flying flying downvote. Yeah, and he is a big flying <laughs> downvote. And we say human airbenders because the air nomads do recognize um, each animal that bends as the first bender of their type because um, mm. air nomads are very spiritual and connected to the world, and um, that's their whole thing. I will direct everyone then to our second image very quickly. It is a map of the world. Um, I talked about the North and South Pole. Those are the light blue land masses at the top and bottom of that map. And then it's kind of hard to see, but each of the air temples are on the white islands kind of around the outside of that map. Um, so, yeah. Cool. Um, where was I? Um, after the pictures of the Tardigrade. <laughs> oh, yes. So um, air is the element associated most with freedom. And airbending is mostly a defensive and a, and evasive kind of martial art in this world. Um, air nomads are inherently pacifist, so um, to to attack to injure your your opponent would be in, you know imposing some amount of not freedom on them. So they mostly just deflect <laughs> attacks and run away. I'm gonna tell that to somebody the next time I punch him in the face. Like, ah, <laughs> this is I'm imposing not freedom on you, <laughs> not freedom on your nose. There's a better way to say that that idea, but I've been typing notes all day and I can't think. So here we are. Um, as I said, air nomads are the most spiritual nation, tribe, whatever we're calling this sovereign sovereignty, um, and therefore every air nomad is an airbender when that is not the case for other nations and their bending so like not okay. every water tribe member can water bend it is a special thing there same with earth bending and the fire and fire bending every air nomad is an airbender um in the events preceding book one that we talk about today the fire nation the next uh, nation we'll talk about committed a genocide against the air nomads um, wiping all of them except one out in hopes to disrupt the avatar cycle um, and they killed all the airbenders and all the sky bison or so they thought done did a okay. genocide done yeah, did they, a they genocide um, okay this is... so that answers the question earlier like do they know that the avatar is coming that they knew that the avatar was coming and that's what they wanted got it okay. yes gotcha yes um this is the yeah this is the second flavor text i'm doing of a kid's property that manages to very really talk about war genocide and <laughs> and yeah. like ptsd and super dark elements too so a theme in uh the show in the types of media i enjoy funny funny where the fire nation is placed in this world map yes uh -huh. <laughs> so we will move on to the fire nation <laughs> which if you look at the map is a uh, series of islands called the fire islands on the eastern side of the map 
um, strange, coincidentally placed on the map about where the American continent is. Specifically, if... the American South. Interestingly <laughs> enough, yeah. I don't know how much you want to read into that, but that no. is. These are the <laughs> facts as notorious as I'm giving them to you. Notorious volcano hotbed, the American <laughs> South. <laughs> Uh, so the Fire Nation is a military monarchy located along the equator in a series of volcanic islands known as the Fire Islands. The Fire Nation draws a lot of varied inspiration. Um, Fire Nation and Earth Kingdom are both the largest uh, sovereignties in this world. <laughs> so they draw from a few more inspirations than the other two. Uh, the islands very closely resemble the volcanic islands of Iceland while the aesthetic and culture is more derived from like imperial Japan and China and the age we see in this story um very closely resembles like pre World War 1 to Japan specifically okay. um the the imagery of the air nomad genocide strongly evokes the the firebombing uh Japan did in World War II on China. Not to completely make this a Studio Ghibli cast, but um, this reminds me a lot of Princess Mononoke. This is exactly the Iron Kingdom. Yes. Like I said, very heavily cite Studio mm -hmm. Ghibli as um, inspiration for this show. So you're not wrong. Um, firebending techniques are mostly based on Northern Shaolin martial arts. If you see very... What, probably what you imagine as like karate or martial arts in general as a dumb American, very close, <laughs> very close to firebending. A lot of strong movements, very like technical strikes and like swift maneuvers. It is the most aggressive style of bending and fire is the element of like power or will depending on um, where the philosophy lands because they have kind of two different, they have like, the military might of like fire is about power and anger and rage. And then like the much more like true to its original form of like fire is about passion and willpower. And so um, depending on which fire nation member you ask, you might get a different answer. Uh, the first firebenders derived their techniques from raw energy bending, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, the first ever human bender was a firebender. Um, and then they learned, which they learned energy bending from the spirits in the spirit world, which again, we'll get to, and then later refined into fire bending from watching dragons, which is awesome. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, are fire... there, wait, I'm, I'm sorry. As like someone who's just not that familiar with all the source material, were there dragons in Avatar? You, you got out of the show before you hit the dragons but gotcha. dragons I, do show man. up um really 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 did it to myself didn't i <laughs> to, to jump ahead to jump ahead a little bit um uncle iroh mm -hmm. has the nickname the dragon of the west uh, because, is he a dragon because he um no he's an uncle he's an uncle he, mm -hmm. he that's a title you earn in the fire nation dragon of the blank by going out and killing a dragon so, oh my God. Oh, that's yeah. so rad. Yeah. <laughs> if it means anything, I blame M. Night Shyamalan for me checking out early. I also blame M. Night Shyamalan. 
Um, firebenders are the only benders that generate their element through manipulation of chi. So like airbenders need air to push around. Waterbenders need water, et cetera, et cetera. Firebenders make fire. They like shoot fire. They don't just control already existing fires, but like exert their life force out of them and make fire, which is awesome. It makes them a little OP and <laughs> is very cool. Um, the origin, the whole origin of bending, which um, is covered in the um, Legend of Korra series, is a is a take a twist on the like Prometheus myth that pervades every culture of like taking fire or knowledge, whatever you want to call it, from the gods. Um, oh, okay. The whole the whole origin of bending is a twist on that. So. Um, firebenders draw their power from the sun, although through the main plot of the first three books, the driving conflict is that it, there is a comet coming that will increase firebenders' powers a hundredfold. So the sun or a big flaming rock passing through the atmosphere will... That feels very hand-wavy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Com- comet and star are not the same thing, Fire Nation. <laughs> Um, and the last appearance of this comet was actually the the force the Fire Nation needed to carry out the Air Nomad genocide. So a hundred years ago, the the comet passed through. And they used their increased power to go and wipe out every Air Nomad. Dark stuff. Um, and then the Earth Kingdom is the largest and most like popu- populated sovereignty. It operates as a monarchy. Um, either under a king or queen, and the but the the monarch's power has fluctuated over the years. So like where the the fire kingdom is like a strict military higher like monarchy hierarchy. This is a little more like there's a king and maybe a parliamentary parla- parliamentary power of some kind, and they kind of have to negotiate a little more. This is like Europe. This is just Europe. It's um it's China actually like the Earth Kingdom oh, okay. is more China, gotcha. um and like the early earlier dynasties of China, not just okay. like not current um Communist Party China. Um, a large por- portion of the series does take place in the Earth Kingdom and its like surrounding cities and villages, just because it is like the biggest landmass on the plant on the world. Um, Earthbending is based off of the Hung Gar martial art focusing on like strong contact and like very stable stances. Um, it is a style based in endurance and patience and is the element of substance. And earthbending was per- first passed on to humans by studying badger moles, which are giant badger moles that dig through the like earthbend to dig through the earth and create like little little homes underground. So in this universe, anything that like interacts with the world is a bender. Like, are birds airbenders? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, there are normal birds, um, and there are okay. like more normal <laughs> animals. So like your nicknames at the top of the episode were all the like some animals from the world, and like an otter penguin doesn't do any special kind of bending. It's just like a goofy looking penguin with an otter face in this world. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so it's. They're not all benders. The ones I specifically listed do bend. Those uh, dragons, badger moles, and sky bison. 
and I will direct all you, equal footing. All equal footing. <laughs> I will direct you to our image gallery for a picture of a couple badger moles. All right. So you said that all otter right. penguins don't do anything special, but I Google image search otter penguins. And what they do special is they're the cutest fucking thing on the face of the planet. <laughs> that is true. Um, and you can ride them like sleds. They're, they're about, oh, they're yeah. about sled sized. <laughs> so that rips. <laughs> let me let me drop a an otter penguin here into our our image gallery as well, so that you can all enjoy this. Um, I think one of my favorite things of Avatar when I was watching it on TV was the scale of everything, you know, like it's it's funny after we just watched Eternals and everybody's talking about like all the scale of the movie. And I I was like, that's kind of a weird thing to point out. But now that I'm looking back at these pictures from Avatar, I remember thinking like these animals are so massive. It makes people feel a much different size. It's just, just a much more interesting way to look at the world around you one of one of the very cool things about the show and like one i think not a lot of people would think to talk about is that like this is a very well-developed world they you see most of the world through these first three books as well and um it all feels very lived in very well thought out and like the stuff that doesn't quite make sense it, you chalk up to a kid's show and then like everything else you're like oh yeah that's that's a cool way to use this this cute animal that they like made up for the mm-hmm. show like it's all it the world building in the show is incredible and definitely a big part of its appeal this this i don't know if this resonates with any of you guys maybe not but this this has always played really well with me because it plays on the very tired but still but still work worthwhile jrpg trope of the fire water wind earth you know quad force if you will yes Mm -hmm. uh because in every final fantasy game before six you're you're getting uh, you're going to the fire nation the water the water country the earth country to get the fire crystal (laughs) the water crystal the wind crystal you know so that that has always like really rang true for me as a big old jrpg nerd um i like when you can set up a, a, a world that is like kind of one note like this, but you know, you can kind of infer like, Oh, well an entire world, an entire country based on earth. Well, they're probably going to have the most amount of land and they're yeah. probably going to be like their, their stance is very defensive. And you know what I mean? Like it just, I, I like that at all. It all fits very nice and clean. Mm-hmm. You this, know? Yeah. And like This show is a, a very great example of like the, <laughs> the concept in, in art or whatever that like nothing is original it's how you put it to get put these unoriginal ideas yeah. together that make it original this nothing is new there's nothing new about this show it's just so it's all the parts that it borrows are put together so well that it feels very new and fresh yeah and well um, even though it is very at the end of the day it is a very predictable by the books by the numbers anime like <laughs> There's there's no getting around it. It is it is an anime ass anime, yeah. and um, but it's it's very good and very enjoyable in that way. Um, who's ready to get into the plot? Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so the the whole show takes place over three seasons. Um, it breaks them up into books, and each book is the title of 
or each book is named for the element Aang needs to master in that in that seer in that season. So book one is water. Um, book one opens with two water tribe siblings, uh, Katara, a waterbender, and her brother Sokka, a young warrior in training. They are about fifteen or about twelve and fourteen, I believe. Katara's a little younger than Sokka. Sokka, it was like on the cusp of being a man in his tribe or whatever. Um, they get lost while fishing and start to bicker like siblings do. Um, while bickering, Katara um, um, loses control of her emotions and earth bends a little, or water bends a little bit, and dredges up this giant iceberg and break, water bends it open, basically, um, revealing through a huge gust of wind and a giant beam of light, a ten-year-old boy. Um, <laughs> hmm. Huh. So, um, a big gust of wind blows out of this iceberg, a giant beam of light shoots into the sky, and and a glowing bald boy covered in, in air, blue arrow tattoos and, and orange robes kind of floats down and lands among them, as well as his flying sky bison, Appa. Um, they just jump right into it. They jump right into it. Um, Ang immediately like wakes up and starts goofing off and airbending. Um, something that Katara ha- knows hasn't been a part of this world for a hundred years since the Fire Nation killed every airbender. Um, Katara believes that they might have found the mythical avatar who has been missing for about the same amount of time. Um, and they go back to their tribe to to be like, hey, we found the avatar. Um, <laughs> My brother and I had a fight and I discovered God. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't I, I don't remember. Is this did are they're so they're looking for the like the avatar is known to be missing, like not presumed dead. Is that the idea? Um so it it has been a hundred years since the last avatar has right. been has been seen. Um it's kind of this myth, like it's kind of this myth at this point, where like, okay, the Fire Nation believes hit that they succeeded and like stopped the Avatar cycle from continuing. The people oppressed by the Fire Nation kind of hold on to this hope that one day the Avatar will return and and liberate them. But like, um, similar to the the Jedi at the beginning of Star Wars, it's been long enough that like. Enough people think it's a myth. Enough people forget that it ever existed. That um, only only children would be so foolish to believe that they Got found it. the Avatar. Um, okay, noted. Which leads us to our the introduction of our next characters. Uh, nearby on a lone Fire Nation warship, we are introduced to disgraced Fire Nation Prince Zuko. Um, and we got I've got picture of. Katara and Sokka, as well as the iceberg in our um, in our gallery. And here is Zuko. Oh, yeah, that's right. The iceberg is sick looking. Yeah, the iceberg's <laughs> really cool. iceberg is super Forget rad. About that. And here comes our our moody edge boy Zuko um, in all his teen angsty glory um, with that sick uh, burn scar. scar on his eye. Yeah which we'll, yep. we'll cover. 
Um, Zuko is in the set, or so Zuko is with his equally disgraced uncle Iroh, and the two of them have been kind of trolling the world, looking for any sign of the Avatar that he may capture that the Avatar and bring him back to his father to restore his honor. Um, Zuko will proceed to talk about his honor every chance he gets for the remainder of the series. Um, it's his whole defining characteristic is my honor. Um, his father being monarch and tyrant of the fire nation, fire Lord Ozai. Um, Zuko sees the beam of light sent up by Aang's release and certain that it is the avatar directs his warship to follow it. He tails Aang, Katara and Sokka back to their tribe and attacks this like poor downtrodden tribe of old women and kids um, and threatens to kill any of the remaining elders until the avatar reveals himself assuming that because a hundred years has passed it that one of these old people in the tribe is the avatar right. so when ang is like mm. i'm the avatar i'll go <laughs> with you please stop hurting these people they kind of can't believe it but ang does that he goes with them and um, Katara and Sokka take Appa and follow the warship to rescue Aang. And um, a battle ensues. They catch up with the warship. A battle ensues. And in a moment of distress, Aang starts to glow. His eyes and tattoos that cover his body specifically start to glow again in that same blue light that has erupted from the iceberg. And um, then in addition to the airbending we have seen, Aang then also waterbends, confirming to Katara and Sokka that he is, in fact, the Avatar, the only person who can control all four elements. Um, it's cool. very, very cool. That's the first two episodes of the show um, setting up the whole the whole deal. All our main characters introduced, nice and fun. Um, I vividly remember liking Katara and never liking Sokka. Is that common? Um Sokka, Sokka grows on you. Yes. Okay. I was going to say that I recall by like the last episodes I was watching, Sokka grows on you and gets a sweet sword made out of a meteorite. Uh-huh. Sokka well, starts... Then, then, I think he, then I think he loses in an air battle. Yeah. Sokka <laughs> starts out as the like skeptical, like, that's not the Avatar. Your waterbending is dumb. I need to be the man of the, the tribe. <laughs> starts out as a real shithead and like, over the course of the series, grows and learns and and becomes a, a, a true leader of his people, which is very a very great arc. That's the best. That's the other best part of the show is like all the characters actually have arcs and like yeah. grow as people. It's great. Sokka is Avatar's Cyclops. Sure. Yeah. No, he's not. I. That's what I always mapped it onto. He's a big boner that kind of gets redeemed and becomes a leader. Yeah, I guess I think so. That's fair. There we go. Thank you. I was going more like Xander from Buffy. That's also <laughs> also a good um, comparison. And well, the whole thing is he he doesn't have powers, does he? No, he's not yeah. a bender. Yeah. Um, let me drop an image here of Ang and his glowing eyes and tattoos, so we can we can all appreciate the how cool it is when he does that as well oh that is cool yeah 
Um, now, does everybody in the air, do all the no, air nomads have downvote tattoos? Or... Yeah, they don't like ever explain why exactly. They're just like, yeah, it's our thing. Like as you master airbending, one, one, once you cross one of the thresholds of mastering airbending, you get your tattoos. It's okay. Deri- also derived from uh, practices of uh, Buddhist Tibetan monks. Fine. Yeah. Um. So, so while Aang is captured, Zuko exposits to him and reveals to Aang that he has been missing in that iceberg for a hundred years and is the only thing that his father, Fire Lord Ozai, considers a real threat to uh, Fire Nation dominance. Um, so Aang kind of Turn, like starts to stop goofing off so much, realizes his destiny, and agrees to go with Katara and Sokka to the North Pole in order to learn waterbending from some true waterbending masters. Uh, the South Pole does not have any at this point in time because of the Fire Nation. The Fire Nation came in and kidnapped any waterbender in the South Pole and um, imprisoned them. Um. So they begin their long journey north, flying on Appa over um, the Earth Kingdom specifically to get to the North Pole. Um, their first stop on their journey, however, Aang wants to stop at the nearby Southern Air Temple and like go visit all of his air nomad friends that he hasn't seen for a hundred years because he still Uh-oh. still hasn't wrapped his head around the uh, the concept of a genocide. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a hard thing for a 10-year-old to grasp, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a big ask. You're not kidding. So they land at the Southern Air Temple, and it's this great, huge, like, temple with, like, fields where they played, like, airbending game, like, airbending soccer, and, like, nice, cool tubes that they'll, like, shoot messages through and do all kinds of goofy airbending stuff with. Um, you know, like Tibetan monks, monks do. Like Tibetan monks do. <laughs> they um, love their reindeer games. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they la- so they get to the temple, and the first thing Aang notices is, like, there's no one there. Normally, he's like, oh, normally we would have, like, flown by herds of sky bison in the sky. I wonder where everyone's at. That's weird. Um, come on, I'm going to go show you my old room. And they, like, they land, and he, like, runs in and is, like, just so happy to be in the air in the air temple and Katara and Sokka are behind him. Like when, when are we going to tell him like <laughs> the whole time they just have this air of like, uh, man, maybe you shouldn't like get your hopes up that your friends are here. It's been a hundred years. Right. And he's like, yeah, air nomads live a long time though. We're real spiritual people. We live and live healthy lives. Well, there, there'll be someone here. <laughs> so he's like going through and playing around and like, and, and st- doing the whole like st- old stomping grounds thing when he discovers the skeleton of his old airbending master um just in the rubble somewhere he like finds this skeleton all the airbending robes and he recognizes it as his old airbending master and it like suddenly dawns on him what everyone has been telling him about the air nomads at this point and he snaps and goes into the the glowy blue state again just create whipping up this like tornado of of wind around him in his anger 
Um, and then he says, what am I? Some kind of the last airbender? <laughs> <laughs> um, because of where he's at, because he, he's, he like finds this body in like the innermost sanctum of the air temple, surrounded by all these statues of past airbenders or past avatars. I, I'm sorry. He finds it in like a specific, a, a sanctum specifically dedicated to avatars. Um, in, in his glowing state, all of these statues of past avatars, their eyes and distinctive features all start to glow as well, which then leads to, um, we are shown scenes of like other temples across the whole world, including in the Fire Nation, start to glow as well. Um, revealing to the whole world that, yes, the Avatar is still in fact alive and a powerful presence in this world because um, he's influencing these statues miles and miles and miles away. Um, so the glowy eye thing, that's his Avatar power? That is like specifically, it's called the Avatar State there are rules associated with it, which is like the whole focus of uh, Book Two Earth, which we'll okay. we'll get into. But for now, we know it's like a heightened state of power, and um, he is able to start controlling some of those other elements he hasn't yet mastered while in it. Got it. Um. Um. So that that all happens. Meanwhile, Zuko. We're going to do a lot of meanwhile Zuko and Iroh asides because they're like also main characters to this story. They're not our bad. Um, each season has its own bad. And then like Zuko and Iroh as well, which is a very they're, cool relationship to have to our main characters. In a way, it's kind of like Team Rocket. Like, yeah, they are, <laughs> they are a pervasive force of not necessarily good yet. Yeah. Hmm. But when you need them to, they always manage to come in clutch. Um, so Zuko and Iroh are off getting their ship repaired from when Aang, like, he he waterbended some some icebergs into it, damaging it so they can <laughs> escape. So they're off getting it repaired. And they run into ambitious Fire Nation officer, uh, commander now, later, later Admiral Zhao, um, who is our big bad of the season. Um, Admiral Zhao hopes to now beat Zuko in finding this the newly revealed avatar and like use it to um, frog leap his career far away from where he currently is at. Um, he's he is the big bad. He's nice and evil and sinister and immediately aware. You're immediately aware, like, oh, Zuko's not the bad guy. This guy is. Um, it's still a kids show. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's still a kids show. <laughs> Um, so the gang now continues north, stopping in various Earth Kingdom cities to, it's always to rest, and then they end up helping out locals. Um, and they witness, find a side quest. Find a side quest. Early, early episodes of an anime filler. Um, so they, these episodes do have the benefit, like, the cool thing that this show does that most other shows of its caliber don't always accomplish is like these episodes all work to help establish like the effects of the fire nation occupation on these poor earth kingdom villages um in all three of these seasons there is one episode that viewer that fans 
would consider filler. There's one episode that you could cut and like nothing to the main plot would be lost. Everything else Hmm. drives home some further point of like the atrocities of this war. It it goes back to what you were saying earlier. I mean, it's, that's world building. Like, yeah. It, it it doesn't have to be. Unlike say like One Piece, where like One Piece is all about the characters, like the stra- the Straw Hats. Like the world is just kind of like, oh, the world's covered in water. Um, um, this doesn't feel like that. Yeah. Um, like what for example, one of these earliest episodes, they they happen upon a, a village where like. There aren't any men in town. Every male earth, um, especially earthbender has been kidnapped and taken to a fire nation prison. And they spend the whole episode like getting into this prison to break them out, to give this earth nation some of its like fighting chance back. And um, it does a very good, like it's just such a good setup of like the fire nation, like war has an effect on these people. Like that this town has no men and that leads to poverty in the town. And like it, um, it, it does all this to establish like how bad imperialism and war actually are in a kid's show. It's very great. Also, I love that every time you've written gang, you spell it <laughs> uh-huh, G- yep. uppercase A, lowercase A, N G. It is. Yeah. Gang spelled like Ang the main mm-hmm. character. Um, it is a, the shorthand Tumblr came up with um, when the show was That's popular to, to mm-hmm. talk about Aang, Katara, Sokka, and um, the other cast of characters who we have not yet in- incorporated into the group. Um, so we, we do a couple of these like one-off, like land in a town, solve the problem, yay, thanks, Aang, bye episodes. Um when we get to the the winter solstice, so the gang find themselves in a town that is being terrorized by a like a forest spirit, because um, the nature of this world, the winter solstice, is a very one of the days like the spirit world closely impasses upon the physical world. So more spirity shenanigans happen closer to the winter solstice. Um. Being the bridge between the two worlds as Avatar, Aang is kind of tasked with like restoring balance and helping this town out, even though he doesn't know what he doesn't know anything about that. He's never <laughs> he's never been told like, hey, as an Avatar, you're also the bridge between our world and the spirit world. He was just like he only knew the like mastering the four elements part of it. Um, so that first night they're in town, the the Aang waits for this spirit to come to try and like talk it down, f- bl- fight it off, something. He doesn't know what to expect. Um, and it it shows up. It's this, you know, big like six-armed panda looking spirit. Um, he does a little airbending that doesn't do anything to it and like and follows it back into the woods. But in following it into the woods, he actually passes into the spirit world and gets lost in the spirit world. The the Sokka and Katara come out the next morning and are like, oh, we didn't get attacked. Aang, you did it. You fought off the spirit. And it's like, wait, where's Aang? Um, where'd he go? They can't <laughs> ah, find beans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Appa can't like smell him out. They can't, He's like vanished from the face of the earth because he's in the spirit world. Um, he is 
while in the spirit world, Aang is visited by a spirit dragon that um, touches. It's a it's one of those like Chinese dragons with the the long snake body and the whiskers, and it like touches its whiskers to his head and shows him a Fire Nation temple and impresses upon him that he should get to that temp this this um, specific room in the temple by winter solstice um gives him a waypoint gives him a waypoint (laughs) flashes these images across his face and then sends him back to the physical world where ang kind of like wakes up and he's like we've got to go to this fire nation temple Um, let me mark it on your map (laughs) (laughs) um so they they go to this temple they they break in because fire nation and uh, when Aang finds the, the chamber dedicated to the previous avatar like he was supposed to, um, the, the solstice happens, the stars align, and this, like, he stands in the right place, a beam of light shines through the window and, like, hits him in the head, and he's taken to the spirit world again, where he is um, where he's immediately met by his past life, the, the previous avatar to him, uh, firebender avatar roku um who dumps a, who dumps the whole so- stories exposition on him um roku tells ang that a hundred years ago a comet passed close to earth and increased the power of firebenders by a hundred or a hundredfold or whatever um and the last time that happened fire lord the fire lord at the time fire lord sozin used its power to eliminate every airbender and that now Sozin's son, Fire Lord Ozai, plans to use the comet again to wipe out the Earth Kingdom, establishing Fire Nation dominance. Um, also, the comet is coming at the end of the summer, Aang, and Aang has to master all four bending styles by then if he hopes to stop Ozai. Um, oops, sorry. Uh-oh. Ticking, ticking <laughs> clock. <laughs> um, they barely escape the temple... Um, Roku kind of embodies Aang for a little bit to do some cool firebending and make the nearby volcano erupt, causing a distraction so they can escape. And Aang comes comes out of the Avatar state and is like, we've determined. He's, you know, before he was like, ha ha, yeah, well, I'll go train, whatever. Like, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll be the Avatar, sure. And now he wakes up. He's like, we got to get to the North Pole and find a waterbending master to teach me. He's... He's on it now. Do we in the conversation with Avatar Roku, do we get like the the storytelling imagery of how he weaponized this comet? Um yes. You see some good shots of um firebenders standing off the bridge of ships and and like air zeppelins just blasting massive columns of fire gotcha. down on the earth just like raising raising cool. the ground beneath them yeah let me see if i can drop a good image here of some enhanced i mean fire I, I know that's like the apocalypse isn't cool isn't great like, <laughs> that's fucking sick <laughs> um here is it's not the best picture but it's it's a nice big sozened powered up blast of uh fire hitting the earth um so where where bending normally happens on a small Mm human-sized scale that is like a 
a skyscraper's worth of fire being blasted down on the earth in that image. Um, so the gang continue north, um, and Katara starts actually teaching Aang waterbending, now knowing the stakes of, like, we have till the end of summer to, to get you all caught up on, on your bending. Let's start now. And she starts teaching him rudimentary bending. Um, Zhao and Zuko continue to pursue them north, and Aang and the group continue to help Earth villages as they pass through. There's a few more, like, story of the week, um, you know, stopping in villages and helping them out. They fight off pirates. They they find a, an advanced waterbending uh, scroll to, to help them learn, et cetera, et cetera. They find the ben-ben fruit. They find the ben-ben <laughs> fruit. <laughs> um, and... That all continues until we get um, a, a particularly stormy night where it's like too stormy for Appa to fly. They got to hunker down for the night and like everyone stays in. So it's storytelling time again. Um, <laughs> Aang tells Katara and Sokka um, that on a night not unlike the one they are currently enduring, what uh, Aang ran away from the air temple and his duties as avatar. Um, he told them that he didn't want to be avatar. It was revealed to him younger than um, it normally would have been because of the pressing imperialization of the fire nation. Um, so he at a younger age than he normally would have was separated from his friends immediately had to begin like, advanced airbending training and had all this pressure dropped on him as an, a 10 year old. So he did what any 10 year old would do when like faced with a whole bunch of stuff they don't want to do and ran away. Um, he, like I said, was a similarly stormy night. They were out over the ocean. Um, a lightning bolt crashed too close to them and like Appa fell out of the sky Aang went into the Avatar state as they fell, and that created the the protective iceberg that he was in for the mm-hmm. last Much like years. how Steve Rogers did it. Mm-hmm. Yes. In yeah. a very Steve Rogers-esque mm-hmm. moment, Aang froze himself in an iceberg. Um, so that that kind of sets up his like his guilt. He's he initially ran away from his responsibility, so now he's owning it and going to <coughs> to beat the Fire Nation. At the same time, um, we cut to Iroh and Zuko on their warship. Again, the seas are too stormy for a warship to continue, so they very frustratingly have to hunker down for the night. And the crew starts griping to Iroh, like, oh, I can't believe how moody and annoying Zuko is because he's such a moody, <laughs> annoying 16-year-old. <laughs> and Iroh's like, hey, if you knew any more, if you knew anything about him, you might have a little more sympathy and he tells them the story of how Zuko got his scar and his <laughs> um, dishonor. Um, so Zuko being son of the fire Lord is what was at the time next in line to be fire Lord. So when he came of age, Ozai started taking him to, um, you know, meetings um, and war councils specifically. So, on his first war council, Zuko immediately questioned a strategy. Specifically, there was a general that's like, we'll send in this 
uh, battalion as a sacrifice so this other more skilled battalion can go in and like route them from behind or whatever and Zuko is like hey why are you sending our like honorable men to go die just to go die on a suicide mission and his father did not like that so Um, Zuko messed up because the first rule of take your child to war council day (laughs) is you have to give them enough toys that they sit there quietly the whole time yeah give the kid a game boy so um questioning this strategy was um a sign of dishonor and disobedience to the the monarch god king ozai um so the fire lord to punish his son for his outburst challenges him to what the fire nation calls an agni kai which is an ancient fire nation tradition of settling content conflict by a firebending battle um Match. Zuko goes in thinking it will be against the general who he questioned, but because the general worked for his father and it was his father's war council, he actually is going to have this um, firebending battle against his father, the Fire Lord, the most powerful firebender in the Fire Nation. Um, Zuko, a literal child, immediately yields, hoping his father will, like, be like, you've learned your lesson, like, shut up in war councils going forward. Um, but Ozai takes the yielding as a sign of cowardice and therefore further dishonor and blasts Zuko in the face with a super strong fire blast and gives him his distinct eye scar and banishes him from the kingdom. Uh, so he's a dick. Yeah. Ozai's <laughs> yeah. yeah. a, Ozai dick, a yeah. big dick. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we've, we learn kind of the great shame of Aang and Zuko all at the same time. Um, the storm passes, they all start moving north again, everyone with a newfound respect for their, their otherwise mysterious crewmate. Um, in a following story, Sokka and Katara get sick doing something, um, so Aang has to go out alone to find them a medicine, and he ends up getting captured by some bandits who turn him over to Admiral Zhao. Admiral Zhao locks him in the, the belly of his warship and is like, I did it. I captured the Avatar. I'm going right to the Fire Nation capital to, to get my like super promotion as Fire Lord Ozai's like, next in line. Um, and Zuko, seeing his shot at redemption get it, slipping away, uh, dons this cool blue spirit mask and breaks into the boat to free Aang. Um, oh, that's not what I want. Let me drop a picture of the blue spirit. Zuko as the blue spirit. Um, what's really <coughs> cool about this is Zuko doesn't do any firebending to, while he's breaking in, he just, uh, to help conceal his identity, he just takes uh, dual blades and this like ninja outfit and breaks into a boat and frees Aang and the two have to like then once he frees Aang the two have to work together to get back off the boat and it's a big like oh, yeah the, I remember that mask he's yeah. uh, he's it's a noni mask he's yeah. a noni mask yeah. yeah and it's a big like the enemy of my enemy is my friend moment uh, they both kind of humanize each other in their own eyes a little bit more and it's a a very cool episode showing once again showing maybe zuko isn't all bad 
Um, blah, blah, blah. Everyone keeps continuing north with more adventures. Um, they encounter a team of like these child freedom fighters um, that, that are all like the kids of earth villages that have been displaced and they've found like found family to each other and are doing what a group of kids in the woods can do to fight back against the fire nation. Um, I only bring them up cause they come back later on in the story. Um, they find, they, they go to a, a different air temple to find it's been like inhabited by other refugees who have like techno technologyed it up and like use all its old like airbending pipes now as like smokestacks for their own technology. And mm. it's this nice, nice lesson Ang learns of like, Hey, my people are gone, but like the temples don't have to sit and get decrepit. Like my, my, my ancestors would be more proud that people are using them in this new way than like letting them rot. So that's a nice fun story. And they meet a uh, Fire Nation defector who shows potential to be um, a, a firebending master to teach Aang once he's mastered the other two elements and is ready to learn fire. Um, again, only bringing them up because they all come back on, later on in the story. Quick question for you, Kyle. Yeah. Is there a certain level of like bending that somebody has to be to be able to teach Aang? Like, does he have to find a master of a certain, like, does he have to find a black belt or can a yellow belt teach him how to ma- like bend? We, we get, we, it, we the, get there. The, we get there. The first one, he, the, this first book, they specifically are like going to look for a like capital M water bending master. Yeah. Um, in the, in the North pole, the definition of a master gets a little looser as the series goes on and sure. Aang needs to learn the other bending styles quicker kind of thing. Um, so is there like a, is there like a duolingo for bending? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's, it's really like they, they, like I said, there's like scrolls that have like different techniques on them, but like, it's definitely a, a, a martial art where like you, you got to go and train and practice yeah. and like hone this skill. Um, so they do, do some more one-off adventures and it's all fun. Um, and they finally arrive at the North Pole. They are introduced to Paku, the the chief of the Northern Water Tribe and the waterbending master who will train Aang. Um, unfortunately, he tells them he will not train Katara because he's a sexist and doesn't believe women should learn com- like the combat uh, side of waterbending. Right. There it's, it is. Yeah. It's very, spe- he's very specifically like, no, <laughs> women learn healing water bending and I teach fighting water bending and I will not teach this woman water bending. Um, so Aang does the whole like, well, if you're not going to train her, you're not going to train me and your nation's going to get overtaken by the fire, fire nation. So um, you better train me and they, they win him over and he agrees and Katara ends up uh, being a, becoming a water bending master. Um, quicker than Aang. She she masters waterbending uh, while Aang is still like learning some of the more advanced stuff. Um, Sokka, meanwhile, goes to um, like the war chiefs and specifically the princess, uh, the daughter of Paka, Yue, 
and begins like formulating a plan because he knows the Fire Nation is coming with a fleet of ships. He's like, I'm the only one who's like seen these warships up close. We've dealt with them. I know what's coming. You've got to listen to me, even though I'm a 15-year-old boy. And they're all like, fine. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sounds good, 15-year-old boy. Thank You're you. You're with the Avatar. I guess we got to like believe you somewhat. Um, so the Fire Nation attacks the evening before. <laughs> as they are wanting to do. <laughs> as they are wanting to do. The Fire Nation attacks the North Pole the evening before a full moon. Um, the the setup being like, if we can last this night and get to the full moon, we might be able to use our increased strength to like drive back the Fire Nation and and um, save ourselves. Um, while the fleet approaches, Zhao and Zuko both go rogue and sneak past enemy lines to the into the North Pole Fortress, looking for Aang. Um, realizing that he might need some help, Aang goes to like the the North Pole, like the the center of the North Pole, to um, talk to the ocean and moon spirits because the North Pole is like a spiritual center of this world. It's this like the North Pole is this big icy like tundra, and then this the the spiritual center is like this oasis of like green life and it's warm there like they all make santa it. claus is there santa yeah. claus is there and um and they he goes there goes to the this oasis oasis to find this small pool of water with uh two fish swimming in a in a continual circle around each other um and he is making told a yin yang making a yin yang um and he is told like this these are these two fish are the moon and ocean spirit um taken form on earth that is the only way like it work like everything about tides in the ocean work is if these two are here as these fish forever swimming around each other it's the whole basis of like water bending it's the whole basis of the tides go in and in and out no one can explain it um these two very small, like, fragile fish. Um, it's not Avatar-inspired, but I have a yin-yang koi fish tattoo. Nice. Um, hmm. Fun fact. Hmm. These are koi f- These are koi fish, yeah. Um, a, a black one and a white one, specifically. Um, so Aang goes and talks to the spirits, and he learns, like, yes, the full moon will increase the waterbender's powers, and, like, you as Avatar will get that increased power as well. Blah, blah, blah. You should be able to fight off the fire nation with that increased power when who wouldn't you guess it Zhao shows up in the in the oasis and kidnaps the moon spirit ah dang does he just yeah. like pluck out the fish um, he's like he get, oh my fish now he, he gets a bag he like he like scoops mm-hmm. it out with a bag literally <laughs> it's like being at the state fair like um, I want myself a moon spirit and a it, ping pong ball in a cup <laughs> and it gets better so like it's just Zhao and the gang in the in the North Pole. They kind of cut him off, and they're like, "You're not going to get out of here. We got you surrounded." And he's like, "Oh yeah," and he like fire blasts the fish and kills it. So oh no, Zhao kills the moon quite literally. Mm-hmm. The moon Whoa. the moon goes like red, um, like like lunar eclipse red, and all waterbenders immediately lose their ability to waterbend. 
Holy shit. Yeah. Bummer. Um, super cool moment. Super great villain villain move. And um, all seems lost. Blah, blah, blah. When um, Yue, who had been like palling around with Sokka, Princess Yue, had been palling around with Sokka, comes out and exposits like, when I, w- I was a sickly baby as a child. <laughs> I was born... <laughs> My parents thought I was going to die, so they took me to the moon spirit, or they took me to the ocean and moon spirit, and the moon spirit, you know, gave me life. She's, she's like, it, you know, and my father promised that someday I, I would, I would have to return the favor. Well, this is that moment, and Princess <laughs> Yue literally, like, dissolves back into the moon, and the <laughs> moon mm-hmm. spirit fish it's is convenient. back, back in the water. Um, I just remembered my favorite <laughs> line from this that just like popped into my brain. My favorite Sokka bit. You wanna you wanna do it? I do. Um, it was so I, if I recall correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there was like some kind of romance between Sokka and Yue, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I don't remember exactly the words, but it's something along the lines of like, I finally get a girlfriend, and then she turns into the moon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's this whole like romance set up between Sokka and UA and it, they do the like the semi like Aladdin thing where he's like, "Oh no, you're a poor water bending like nobody and I'm a princess, so I'm b- betrothed to this other guy." And he's like, yeah. "I don't care. We'll run away together." And they're all ready to do it and then she's like, "No. I have <laughs> to go But wait, be the I'm moon. the moon. <laughs> yeah. I have to go be the moon. <laughs> um, awesome. And they they call back to it a few more times throughout the show where like Zuko or where they you know, talk about lost loves in their life and, and Sokka like looks mournfully up at the moon in the sky. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's real good. Uh, so UA turns into the moon. All the waterbenders get their waterbending power back, and it, they're stronger because now it's the full moon, like fully realized. Um, Aang goes into the Avatar state and teams up with the Ocean Spirit and, like, becomes this big conglomeration of, like, living water and just, like, wrecks the whole Fire Nation fleet, driving them off. Um, Zhao is is killed. Um, It is heavily implied that Zhao dies a very violent death. And, um... Sick. Yeah, it's very, very sick. Um... Zuko and Iroh are once again disgraced for defying Zhao and losing and whatever and have to go, you know, tails tucked between their legs, go back to um, sailing around the world in their boat, hoping to one day capture Aang again and restore their honor. Well, in the the kicker, sorry, I don't, the kicker about all of this scene is I I watched this before the movie. Yeah, and this is this is what the movie builds to. Everything mm-hmm. I just laid out is the plot of that M Night Shyamalan movie. Uh, well, the and, first the first full book. Yeah, and this whole like teams up with the Ocean Spirit thing is the dopest part yes. of the first book. Oh. And I I remember watching this dumpster fire of an M Night Shyamalan movie, and I was like, you know what? At least we're gonna get what what I would come to know as a kaiju. We're gonna get to see like this <laughs> this glowing blue koi fish kaiju here real real soon and then we got like a large tidal wave yeah and the fire nation is like we'll leave and it's bummer it's such a bummer because like the the implication in the show is that ang in the avatar state is not fully in control at least at this point 
Um, he he goes very primal. He like lashes out at the closest thing, kind of attacking him. And it's just always worked out so far that it's been the Fire Nation. But like this scene, the scene where he becomes he like merges with the ocean spirit is very solemn because like the ocean spirit takes over ang and like channels through his body and he's not in control the ocean spirit is and is just like killing these Mm -hmm. fire these fire nation ships which ang is a pacifist and like doesn't like to take life so there's like this real solemn implication there and the show is just like big t- or the movie is just like big tidal wave <laughs> and it's gone and the fire nation saw that big tidal wave and left like they yeah. they did they did to the ocean spirit and and ang what they what fantastic four two did to galactus as a smoke yeah. monster yeah <laughs> <laughs> took all the punch out of it mm-hmm. um so that's book one and i think nice. this, was, this is a good time we'll take a, a quick break and we'll come back and i'll plow through the remaining two books and uh kind of talk about where the series goes after the 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 first the last airbender wraps up so we'll be right back hi everyone kyle here to uh, remind you of our patreon and just to give you a quick rundown of what joining our patreon will get you at each tier uh so for five dollars a month you'll become a card carrying member of hashtag nation which includes access to exclusive Debate This premium feed featuring our D&D real play podcast, The Office Drones. Members of Butthwomp Nation will also get access to our private Discord server, where we talk about what we are playing and watching, or share cursed memes curated from the deeper recesses of the internet. For $10 a month, you'll unlock extended podcast episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and access to community events like movie night watch-alongs. Ever wonder what watching the Nick Cage ghostwriter over nonstop commentary by Matt would be like? Well, now you don't have to wonder anymore. And if you really want to spread the debate this love, you can join our $25 monthly tier to commission your very own flavor text. Anyone that stays at this tier for three months will be eligible to dictate our next lore deep dive. You want a book report on the deeper story behind Seven Up's cool spot? Great. How about a dramatic reading of Sonic fan fiction? Also great, and a little gross. And for the rest of the month of October, if you become a new patron or move up a tier, you will receive a special spooky Debate This sticker to help sweeten the deal. And now, back to the show. Okay, we are back, and we are going to move through the rest of the story here, um, diving right into Book 2, Earth. Um, So, Book 2 opens immediately following the um the siege of the north pole as it's called um with the gang headed back to um omashu a earth kingdom city they had visited it early on in book one um the important thing to know about omashu is that a a very old earthbender friend ang had before he was in the iceberg now reigns over that city as it's He's called King Boomy, but it's more like a governor of the city. Um, so the the King twist, Boomy. King <laughs> Boomy. Uh, the it's a it's a very fun episode where Ang is where where they meet this crazy old man, and it's finally <laughs> revealed by the end of the episode that Ang it, it's the guy Ang knew as a kid, um, but he's a yes. hundred years older now. Mm-hmm. So he's 
he in that episode is like when once you master waterbending come back i'll be your earthbending teacher so they start i don't mean to like get ahead of the story but i google image searched king boomy and he looks like a loki variant yeah uh, go ahead. and that's very important to me <laughs> go, personally go ahead and drop him in that image bar yeah i will uh, do um king boomy is is awesome uh so they start to head back to omashu so ang can like train earthbending with king boomy um the first thing <laughs> he totally I remember does. this. Okay. This is yeah. it's coming yeah. back. Yeah, it's all coming back to me. Um so the they immediately like head back to the Earth Kingdom and meet up with this Earth general who is like, Yeah, great. You're the Avatar, we'll be your military escort to Amashu. But while while we're on the way. Wouldn't it be cool if you didn't have to master all four elements and instead mastered using your avatar state? Like, you know how you get super powerful when you're in the avatar state? What if we skip learning the elements and just focus on that? And Aang is kind of like, um, sure, I guess. I'm 10. That sounds like good logic <laughs> to a 10-year-old. Um, he's a little skeptical, but like, is like, go for it. So they try all these like kooky things to get him to activate the avatar state they like dress him in in old avatar old avatars clothes like hoping it will awaken his connection to the past trying to make him achieve ketosis yeah um exactly (laughs) so they do all these things and finally the earth they run out of ideas and the earth general is like you know when it really happens when your friends are in danger. And there like, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. All right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So he like, he's like, gets, he like immediately turns heel and like sucks Sokka and Katara into the ground and is like, you better go into the avatar state right now or I'm going to kill your friends. I remember and, this. And Aang wigs out and like goes avatar state is gonna like starts chucking like massive columns of stone around and like is gonna kill this general um so the the general like frees katara and is like look i didn't kill your friend see it was all worth it though because you're in the avatar state right now and katara's like dude shut up (laughs) and let me talk him down (laughs) like um so that uh, that is all to set up like the power of the avatar state and to establish that like Aang isn't super psyched to control the Avatar state at this point. Um, it's dangerous. Like I said before, he goes very primal and like un- unwieldy. And after he almost kills this guy, once again, he's like, the the air nomads raised me as pacifist. I don't eat, I don't even eat any meat, let alone want to kill anybody. I am not going to go in the Avatar state. Um, this also serves to set up some of the Avatar state lore which becomes important to the rest of the show um so we are told that the avatar in this episode we are told that in the avatar state ang channels all of the might and wisdom and power of all of the past avatars at once so generations and generations there are the the imagery all shows hundreds of these past avatars um basically flood his body with power and give him all of their combined bending strength and knowledge all at once kind of uncontrollably so it's like a it's like a fire hose of power 
being channeled through your garden hose in the backyard. Um, it is also revealed at this time that because all of the avatars are inhabiting his body at once, if anything happens to Aang while he is in the avatar state, i.e. if he dies, um, the all of the avatars are severed from the spirit world and the avatar cycle ends forever. Um, ah, if you oh. die in the game, you die for real. If you die in the yeah. game, you die in real life. Uh, setting up the stakes of like, hey, the avatar state isn't necessarily like mm -hmm. the cure-all to defeat the Fire Lord. Um, you are, you open up this vulnerability while in the avatar state. Um, sure, it won't come up again. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, they kind of ditch the idea of like, mastering the avatar state in this way after they meet up with this general and just like no we need to find a earthbending master so ang can can follow the process and master earthbending next um meanwhile zuko and iroh are still kind of tracking ang when a our our big bad of this season zuko's sister princess azula shows up Azula, Azula yeah. rules. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll get, let's get a picture of Azula in the Azula. I'm remembering that right. She's like a fan favorite, right? I'm oh yeah, she's a, okay. She is a great bad guy. Um, so the whole thing with Azula is she is this like fire bending prodigy. Yeah. Um, the the apple of her father's eye where Zuko was like a continual disappointment. Um, Azula only, only succeeded and, and made, filled him with pride. Um, she, she masters like lightning bending, which is a whole thing. Well, oh, that's cool. pretty neat. Yeah. Yep, I remember that. Yeah. Um, Azula rules and is super evil and great. Um, Kyle, how do they draw the line between, Fire bending and lightning bending are pretty much the same. It's, it's heat, isn't it? Plasma. It's Something. heat. Um, the the logic when Iroh breaks it down to Zuko because mm -hmm. we start to get much more Iroh and Zuko scenes in this episode two in this season two. When I, Iroh breaks it down to Zuko, it's it's um, it's cold, passionless fire. It's fire with all the intensity, <laughs> with none of the like, none of the heart to it. Basically, that's all awesome right. and stupid yeah. and amazing. Okay. Yeah, um, it's super great and dumb, and is just only exists to like set her apart from Zuko when they fight, because one shoots fire, one shoots lightning. Super cool. Um, so Azula shows up and offers Zuko this like olive branch, like, hey. Dad sent me to come find you. He want, he heard about like what you did at the North Pole and wants you to come back, your honor restored. If you just come with me right now, dad will dad will restore your honor. And um Iroh, Iroh comes to him and he's like, Hey, if something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And Zuko, being a 16-year-old boy, is like, No, Uncle, you're an idiot. My dad loves me and super wants me back. Um, <laughs> my dad who burned me in the face <laughs> um, so Zuko goes to Azula and like immediately she tries to capture him and throw him in a, in like the brig of her ship and um, 
Iroh helps him escape. It's a whole thing. And and they're on the run now. Azula kind of tells him like, no, you idiot. Dad's not going to restore your honor. You're a disgrace. And I was sent to capture you and bring you back as a prisoner. So you stop embarrassing the family. Um, leading to Zuko and Iroh abandoning their their ship, their quest to find the Avatar and like, having to blend in to the Earth Kingdom as, like, Earth Kingdom refugees now. So they, like, ditch all their armor. Zuko cuts off his, like, hair braid and try their best to look like two normal Earth Kingdom citizens, um, which sends that, that sets the tone for their arc in this book. Um, so the the gang proceeds they do a couple they do an adventure or two on the way to amashu and when they get there they they're like yay we got we did it we got to amashu and and then the sight gag is like immediately smoke starts pouring out of the top of the city and fire nation banners fall from from the buildings and they're like what what happened oops um and and like very quickly they see boomy like being like carried out of the out of the city in chains and in like in an in in a prison cart and he's like oh yeah sorry ang they they got the city you're gonna have to find a different water a different earth bending (laughs) master um specific and he like specifically says like he he gives him a quick lesson in earth bending and is like you want to find an earth bending master who uh waits and listens before striking because while it seems earthbending is about uh, strength, it's actually about patience. Like, you know, a stone waits for its moment or whatever. Who who cares? <laughs> um, <laughs> something, something, proverb, something, something. <laughs> so they fly off pondering that information. Like, what are we going to do? We got to find Aang a new earthbending master now. Who is that going to be? While they're flying, they fly over the swamp and this like weird tornado comes up out of the swamp they're flying over and pulls appa down into it and the whole group gets separated and thrown across this swamp which um immediately reveals that it's like another spirit adjacent place in this world they all start seeing some spooky stuff they all are separate and like have their own weird spirit visions in this swamp um uh Sokka sees ua and like comes to terms with the fact that he lost the love, his first love or whatever. Um, I forget what Kar- Katara does, but Aang sees this vision of a, of a little girl and um, gets a feeling that that is important somehow because <clears throat> spirit shenanigans. <laughs> okay. Um, at the same time, Zuko and Iroh fully frustrated with each other. Zuko still believing that like, there is a way to restore his honor to his father. Um, Iroh being very insistent, like, hey man, that road is closed to you now. You should just try and like, we need to make the most of our lives as they are. Zuko and Iroh split up and Zuko goes off on his own like life adventure. Iroh um, tries to establish a tea shop in the Earth Kingdom and succeeds because Iroh is awesome. (laughs) Um, So the gang gets out of the swamp they go looking for an earthbending master for Aang, and being uh, a group of two boy, two like teenage boys and a and a teenage girl, 
decide the best place they are going to find an earthbending master is in like this underground WWE style earthbending <laughs> competition. <laughs> Hell <right>? yeah. <laughs> uh, they see a flyer for it. They're like, hey, it's an earthbending competition. There'll be some powerful earthbenders there, right? And they Certainly go and we could find a master at Fight Club. Yeah. So they, <laughs> they go and watch the Fight Club, and there are certainly a lot of very like big muscly uh earthbenders it's, participating. Uh Abomination shows up. It's so mm-hmm. weird. <laughs> yeah, right. Um there's a there's a Macho Man Randy Savage impression that happens. It's <laughs> it's, yes. it's all real. It's all great and real. But the Is one there that- really? Was that a joke? I don't I should I should know whether or not you were joking, but I don't. Um, there there is a there is a like Macho Man Randy Savage adjacent character. Great. Yes. Hell yeah, <laughs> awesome. Um, he calls himself the Boulder, and he talks about himself in the third person. And he shows <laughs> up. And he shows up more than once throughout the series. Um, he comes back to help Aang at the end. Um, but the the one that wins and the one that like s- sweeps the competition is. The blind bandit, this little girl who looks not too dissimilar from Aang's spirit vision in the swamp, who um, is blind and just like absolutely wrecks <coughs> each other competitor in this competition. And she does it by waiting for them to strike, listening to hear where they're going to strike, and then like counterattacking and tossing them out of the ring. A, a, an earthbender who waits and listens before striking everyone everyone say it with me um the power of friendship the power of friendship the The friends we made along the way so they go introduce themselves to the blind bandit they're like hey great opportunity for you we're with the avatar we want you to be his earthbending master and she is like um absolutely not get the (laughs) hell away from me and leaves and they're like what why would anyone turn down this opportunity to go on an adventure with the avatar they follow her home and they find out that she is the daughter of a prominent like earth kingdom family um her name is actually toff Bayfong. the the Bayfong family being this like rich earth bending family who cares um but the the reveal is that she is actually she is actually blind and her family coddles her and babies her and won't let her do anything because they're like oh our poor blind little girl mm. um they don't they don't let her earth bend at all even though she um wants to earth bend at home they they don't let her like walk around the grounds uh, alone at all she's just always under watch and key and she like just escapes to go to the the um earth bending competitions to to flex her earth bending um it is revealed in this episode that she is such a good earthbender because since she can't see she is more able to accurately feel things happening around her through her earthbending so like whenever someone steps on the earth she feels it in an echolocation style visual and um, it makes her a better earthbender because she's got to wait for all of her opponents to react and then she reacts to counter them and it's the whole thing Bootmi told Aang when he said what you need to find in an earthbender. Do you, do you guys think that like scriptwriters just think that every blind person is daredevil? I was going to say that? big daredevil energy. <laughs> yeah. Big yeah. big daredevil energy. Um the cool thing they do with Toph throughout the series though is like actually have her blindness come up from time to time and put her in situations where like that echolocation 
is nerfed for whatever reason and like yeah. don't make it a a 100% catch all like oh she's blind but actually can see like she is actually still blind from time That's to good. time I yeah. mean, um it's not you know I, I, mean. I remember Toph very much being my favorite character yeah throughout the whole thing Toph is a fan favorite she's mm-hmm. very tomboyish very very boastful uh the fun bit of trivia is that the character they originally concepted to be the like earthbender of the group was this big muscly macho man type and they they changed it to Toph, but they didn't change anything about the personality of the character it's still the same oh i love that yeah it's still the same character big boastful and like kind of kind of a a big like brute but but now it's this little girl and it's very very cool and fun uh they eventually win Toph over um and whisk her away from her sheltered life to go travel the world and and help the avatar um so everyone's everyone's trying to get to bossing say now bossing say is the capital of the earth kingdom i haven't established that yet but they're all trying to get to the earth kingdom capital um zuko still thinks that like if he somehow helps his father take the earth kingdom or capture the avatar he'll his honor will be restored um ang is trying to get there to help the earth king stop the fire nation effectively um meanwhile um iroh is like just living his best life making a like he makes a tea shop and he makes such good tea that um a, a another rich earthbending family is like hey your tea is so good why don't you come make tea for us in bossing say and like give him a space to set up a tea shop in bossing say so that's how he and zuko meet back up after zuko learns about himself or whatever um everyone's going to the earth kingdom capital is the point um on the way to bossing say the capital uh the gang hear about this mythical library that's nearby it's supposed to contain the entirety of written knowledge within it it's the the library of, of alexandria sure. for uh, for an uh comparison uh thinking they might find some key to defeating the fire nation they all go in search of it they it's in the middle of this desert they meet up with this professor who's like i know where it is and they fly fly to it and find it and um they find it sinking slowly into the sand, but there, very present. They didn't account for the weight of the books. Didn't account mm, for the weight of the books. That's what it was. Um, so Katara, Ang, and Sokka all decide to go inside while Toph stays out with Appa because she's worried she wouldn't be able to see, wouldn't be able to uh, earthbend, and someone's got to stay with Appa. Um, so inside, the three... Well, I guess it's the four. The professor that comes with them goes with them too, but he's not important. The three encounter the the spirit guardian of this library. Um, it's his collection of books. He is like, I gather information from all over the world. If you want to peruse my library, you have to offer up some some piece of knowledge to contribute, and you have to promise me that you will not do any research that furthers... Um, death or war while you're here so they all offer up their their token of knowledge or whatever and all lie and agree like yeah we're not doing any war research at all 
um, which the whole point <laughs> of them being there is to figure it's out a way exclusively to war exclusively war research. Um, so they're looking around. Sokka finds information about a day long ago where the Fire Nation lost their power. Um, the Day of Black Sun, as it's called in this book he finds. Um, and he goes, he finds this star chart somewhere in the library and uses it to deduce that the day on the Day of Black Sun, there was a solar eclipse that took away, that would have taken away all firebending ability, not unlike when the like lunar eclipse thing happened and all the waterbenders lost their waterbending ability. Um, he then uses that star chart to find when the next instance of a solar eclipse is ha- going to happen. And conveniently for everyone, it is before the arrival of Sozin's comet. Uh, uh, yes, as the plot would dictate. As the plot <laughs> would dictate. So that everyone is like, wow, great. A whole day where like no firebending can happen, we can use that to like defeat the Fire Nation before the comet comes. And then we don't even have to worry about Aang mastering all the elements and being the Avatar. Like we could just win then. Let's go tell the Earth King and like mobilize his army on that day. Um, the spirit figures out what they're doing. He comes and he's like, I knew it. You were like, you were finding about war. All you humans are the same. All you care about is war, blah, blah, blah. And you, you don't deserve access to my library anymore. And he starts to permanently destroy the library. He bring, oh, no. starts to bring it down around him. It um, really is the library of Alexandria. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Toph feels the library start to sink faster, and she is, like, doing all the earth bending she can to, like, kind of hold it in place just long enough for everyone to escape. Every- meanwhile, everyone is escaping. So it's, like, this tense back and forth of we cut to Toph and the library sinking, and we cut back to them escaping. And while Toph is preoccupied with stopping the library from sinking forever and losing her friends, a group of bandits arrives and kidnaps Appa. Oh, no. Hmm. Um, Toph is unable to both, like, hold on to the library and protect Appa and um, is, is weakened by the sand. The sand doesn't... The, the nature of the sand makes her, like, echolocation vision fuzzy. So she's all she can do is hold on to the library and hope her friends get back in time. And they do to find Appa kidnapped and gone. Um, Aang gets really mad, blames Toph. The whole team is kind of discouraged that, like, yes, we have the day of Black Sun. That is a bit of hope. But, like, man, we lost Appa, our our way around <laughs> we're stuck in this <laughs> desert with and and like it's ang's best friend like it's ang and Appa were were buddies growing up they were trapped in the iceberg together for a hundred years ang just lost his best friend he's super he's super pissed and bummed about that so there's this big black cloud hanging over everyone's head um uh, so they they get out. Ang tracks down the the, ba- the bandits, um, and and goes a little Avatar Stady on them and threatens them and and they tell him like, oh, like we're so sorry. We didn't realize we stole the Avatar's Sky Bison. We already sold him. 
Um, oh, if it was this your Sky Bison? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was another guy's Sky yeah. Bison. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, like, sorry, we already sold him. He's probably in Bossing Se right now. If you get there quick, you might be able to find him before he's sold again. Um, he's gonna, but but like we sold him to to a a sales like a, a collector or whatever. He's gonna sell up again. You got to get there quick. Um, all at the same time, Zuko on his life quest meets up with those freedom fighter kids I told you about earlier, who all immediately fall in love with his like refugee alter ego. And they're like, don't worry, guy. We're going to Ba Sing Se where the Fire Nation can't get us. You should come with us. Everyone's going to Ba Sing Se. That's our, <laughs> yeah. that's our big central, like, central meetup. Um, we also learn Azula is working on some plot involving mm-hmm. infiltrating Ba Sing Se, but we aren't privy to all the, all the details of that yet. Feeling like a real Les Miserables set up here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, act one of, uh, like, do you hear the people sing plays? And we, we have all our all our pieces in place, definitely. Um, so they all get to bossing say, and Aang is immediately disheartened when, like, they tell the Earth King about what happened. They tell him about the Day of Black Sun. They tell him about Appa. And the Earth King is basically like, um, that's, like, great about the Day of Black Sun, we're not going to do anything about it. We're all safe here in Bossing Say. We're not going to do anything to like overextend our army. It's tough. Like we're not we're not going to do anything with that. And also, we're not going to super do anything to help you find Appa. You might check these places out, but like nah. We're mm. not we're not doing it. Um it's a big bummer. Everyone's kind of like defeated and they're ushered out by the King's Guard, the the Dai Li who are this um, kind of a an SS group, so to speak, mm. uh, of earthbenders, of elite earthbenders who exist to protect the king. Um, however, we also learn that they have been infiltrated by and are now taking orders from Azula, ah. seeking, uh, promising them like, hey, help me overthrow Bossing Se, and I'll put you guys in charge. There it is. Yeah, it's a sweet enough deal to go with. Yeah. Uh, um. So we see we spend some episodes with everyone kind of spinning their wheels, um, in Bossing Say, like trying to, trying to convince people to help them with the Day of Black Sun. Aang tries to find Appa. Um, we we get a nice scene of, of Iroh thriving in his tea shop. <laughs> um. We, we get the saddest episode of anything I've ever seen where we spend a whole episode following like what happens to Appa in between getting kidnapped and reunited with Aang. Oh, where... that's not something that anybody needed. Yeah. Oh, right. oh it's it's a big bummer, Matt. Um, is that is that the filler episode that has no dictation on the plot? No, that happened already. That happened in book one. Um, oh, okay. Because this, this does drive the plot. So... Appa, while he is kidnapped, is first sold to a um, a Fire Nation circus where nope, they like don't like that. Mm-mm. No, they show him getting like whipped by firebending to and forced to do tricks, and Ugh. and they show him in like his first show, and he like um, they they spook him too much with fire, and he flies away. He escapes the circus, which is great. 
Um, and it shows him trying to go back to the library where he last, you know, knew where knew that's where Ang last was. And he goes to where the library was, but it's all sunken and underground. So there's just a big crater where he had last seen Ang. So we see him like get real bummed out and like curl up in a ball in the crater. And that's real sad. Aww. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he like finds some, I think it's like a wanted sign of Ang and recognizes like, hey, that's Ang. And, and like follows it back to Ba Sing Se. Um, and, and finds nothing there. He, you know, goes to Ba Sing Se, flies around a bit, doesn't see Aang, and he somehow ends up at the Eastern Air Temple, another air temple we haven't been to yet, where a mysterious guru comes out and is like, oh, Appa, friend of Aang, I have been waiting for you and, and your friend to come visit me. Wait here with me and, and... I will make sure you are reunited with Aang. Um, and yeah, we cut. Um, I think, oh no, I'm remembering this wrong. So he actually, he, um, the guru comes out and he's like, oh yeah, I've been waiting for you and Aang. Aang's not with you, so it's like not your time to meet me yet. But here's where Aang is. Go meet him. And he ties a note to Appa's horn like, hey. Uh, to Ang, like, hey, I found your bison. I hope he finds you again. Once you get him, come meet me. I'm gonna help you master the Avatar state, but for real. Um, yeah. So mysterious guru living in the East Eastern Air Temple promises to train Ang. Very cool. Um, we cut back to the 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 gang and Ang all trying to look for Appa. Um, with the Dai Li. In Aang's search for Appa, thinks he's getting too close to their big secret that they're all working to overthrow the king. Um, so they they throw Aang out of court. They they shut down any attempts he has to um, to find Appa. the The gang all break in and go to the king and are like, "Hey, you're." your agents aren't working for you. They're working for someone else. Um, you should know that. And the king is the king believes them finally. They have some kind of proof. The king believes them is like, oh, yeah, Dai Li, you're all fired. Get out. You're not working for me anymore. You lose all, ac all privileges and access. So they all go underground with Azula and plot their ultimate overthrow of the Earth King. Um, Appa shows back up. Ang reads the letter and is like, hey, this guy's going to train me. I'm going to go off and learn with him. Um, Katara, out and about in town, stumbles upon Iroh and Zuko running this tea shop together now and flips <laughs> out and is like, holy like, holy crap, the Fire Nation is, has done it. They've infiltrated Ba Sing Se. They're here because she doesn't know about Azula yet. She just knows about the Dai Li. Um, so she runs back to to the king and is like hey you won't believe it Iroh and Zuko are in town they did it they infiltrated Ba Sing Se only it's not the king it's Azula yeah. and she told him mm. and she just told her right where um, her her prime targets like three and four are so mm -hmm. wow um, and she kidnaps she locks Katara away um, <coughs> and 
and everyone is is captured with Aang off learning the Avatar state. Um, we get this nice episode of Aang training at the temple with the guru. He's going through all these steps of like mastering his chakras to 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 harness the Avatar state and going through different levels of um, of disconnecting with the material world because basically it's it's more buddhism of like if you want to achieve a light enlightenment you have to let go of all earthly tethers or whatever and ang's doing great he's going through the steps he's detaching from stuff and he gets to the last one and the guru is like to fully master the avatar state you to achieve true enlightenment we have to let go of everything including our relationships that tie us to this world um implying Katara and Sokka and Toph too, but the main one is Katara because they've like fallen in mm -hmm. love over the series course of the series. And in a very um, Empire Strikes Back moment, Aang is like, no, screw this. I'm not finishing my training. I've got to go save my friends. Mm -hmm. And he leaves. He heads back to Cloud City. <laughs> he heads back to Cloud City. The guru's like, eh, if you don't finish your training, you'll never beat... <laughs> It's very I was Empire Strikes Back. Literally just thinking like, oh shit, this is Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I I don't know if I realized how Empire Strikes Back it was until I was writing out the synopsis. I was like, wait a minute. This is yeah. Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> it super is, yeah. I mean, I didn't catch that either. I think it's just when you're putting it all together in the in like in this like condensed form. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that's those are all the main beats. Okay. Yep. Fair enough. Um so Ang Ang goes back. He finds Katara. He frees her from whatever, like, prison Azula put her in to find out that's exactly what Azula wanted. It was all a trap. Um, and Azula and the Dai Li corner Aang, Sokka, and Katara, as well as Iroh and Zuko, because they showed up as well. Um, and a big showdown happens. A big underground, like, crystal earth-bending, fire-bending water bending showdown happens and um everyone's fighting zuko is like really going back and forth at this point of like do i just live my life for myself or do i do i help my sister and try and retain my honor blah 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 um it looks like it looks <coughs> like the gang is gonna win they've kind of got the Dai Li and everyone on the ropes when um when Aang goes full Avatar state, he's going to like finish the job. And we see this big lightning blast and Azula blasts Aang out of the sky with a lightning bolt. And he, dr he like drops a hundred feet to the ground, presumed dead. Whoa. Dang. Yeah. Cliffhanger. It's like big uh, dragon. God Ball with the power energy. of lightning. She killed God with the power <laughs> of lightning. Um, Katara and Katara, Sokka and Toph, like recover Aang, they get on Appa and they fly out, they escape, and we see Katara do some some healing water bending on Aang. And Aang's eyes kind of flutter open. He isn't dead. He's alive. Roll credits. As they as they sit in the medical frigate. <laughs> they uh, watch. <laughs> yes. Roll credits. Everyone proceeds to have to wait like a year and a half for the next season to come out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Perfect. Um, which leads us into book three, Fire. Um, 
our big showdown. What, what, at what point did the my cabbages moment happen? Oh my! <laughs> oh Todd, excellent. I mean, it was in book two, right? It was in book one. It was in um, book one. I think it's a recurring bit. No, it's a oh, recurring bit. Oh, okay. Uh, cabbages guy shows up the first time they get to Amashu. Is where okay. Cabbage's guy is. I just remember just... <laughs> in in like the the Earth world that at some point there's a whole like cabbage scene. I specific that's the one that sticks out to me more than anything. I did not so, realize it was a reoccurring bit. Book books one and two are fuzzy because they're in the Earth Kingdom so much in book yes. one. Yes, and I forgot that because I I mixed that up too. I was like, man, book two is really long. It's not as most of what I remember from book two is actually book one. Well, and yeah, and. I, and Kyle, you're probably going to talk about it. Book three is where we get bloodbending, isn't it? Well, we'll get to bloodbending. Oh, Todd. baby. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the cabbage bit shows up the first, like, it's it's the third or fourth episode. Great, it's the perfect. first time they get to Amashu. And then, yes, there is this reoccurring bit of, like, it starts with Aang goofing off. And he's, like, just airbending around the city and doing cool airbending stunts. And he, like, destroys this cabbage cart. And this poor merchant Classic. is like, my cabbages. And then <laughs> um, it keeps coming back throughout the series where like whenever whenever a whole cluster of chaos is happening, the cabbage guy is going to unfortunately wheel his cart in front of it. It's going to get taken out and Classic. he's going to go, my cabbages. Um, it's it's, it's great. amazing. I have two separate and completely unrelated friends who both use the <laughs> phrase "my cabbages" as online screen names and as, as online monikers? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we we open on book three. An amount of time has passed. Ang has been unconscious, recovering from his lightning bolt blast. For does a, he have a beard to show that time has nah, passed? Yeah. He doesn't have a beard to show that time has passed, but he has no, grown. He, he has grown a full head of hair to show time has oh. passed. He's wearing all black and he shows up in Jabba's palace. <laughs> is somebody wearing yes. glasses? As glasses. Glasses is the one. Yeah. Um, and and they rev- so Aang wakes up and um, he is in Fire Nation garb. Um, he is in a Fire Nation city somewhere and he immediately freaks out like, oh no, they they captured me. I'm I'm the prisoner of the Fire Nation. And then Katara and Sokka show up like, no, 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 calm down. We are hiding in the Fire Nation in plain sight. Um, an amount of time has passed, but not so much that um, that the Day of Black Sun hasn't happened and uh, Sozin's Comet hasn't happened. And we have been work while you have been recovering, we have been working on a Day of Black Sun plan. So fret not, the plan continues. You keep recovering. Um we also see Zuko has returned to the Fire Kingdom, a hero. Um, in that big showdown, he ultimately sided with Azula. He, he, um, I believe, in that big fight, is fighting Katara and and Sokka, maybe. And um, Azula goes back to to the Fire King, Fire Lord, and is like, yeah. Your son, yeah, Zuko helped. He's he's on our side, um, and Zuko is welcomed back into the Fire Kingdom as a hero. Um, so we proceed to kind of move through the Earth Kingdom, similar to how 
in book one, they moved through the Earth King. Or did I say Earth Kingdom twice? They moved through yeah, the fire. fire they moved through the Fire Nation, similar to the way they moved through the Earth Kingdom. Um, they're in hiding. They can't fly anywhere because, like, Appa is a big, the only sky bison, and would be a bit pretty big sign that the Avatar is like moving through your town. So they move through the Fire Nation on foot, trying to get to um, get in position to carry out their day of black sun plan in time they move through they kind of they we see a series of like now ang gets to see like what the fire nation has turned into in the last hundred years he goes to a school and finds they're all learning like modified history of how great the fire nation is and uh, and how mm-hmm. the things that the atrocities they committed totally are for the benefit of the mm-hmm. people they did them to uh, <laughs> well that's all that that's all critical air theory there it is <laughs> um Sokka uh we get a we get this nice episode of uh Sokka feeling feeling very left out in all the bending training that it, that Ang is participating in, and he does a whole, he gets a whole arc of like, well, I'm gonna go find a, a fighting master and learn myself some fighting. And that Todd is where you get your nice episode of um, Sokka goes and finds this like sword master to teach him sword mm-hmm. fighting, and then forges a forges a sword, a sword out, out of a meteorite out of a meteorite because. I just Sokka needed something to do. Well, and I just remember there's a scene in the third book where like they're fighting in the air and like he goes, Oh my sword! Like he just <laughs> <My> flies. <space laughs> sword. Yeah, that's what it is. And yeah. it just flies away. And I don't know if he ever gets it back. I just I don't I don't remember. Um so it, we're moving we're moving through the Fire Nation. Um Zuko at this point gets the hero's welcome and then is also dealing with his own disillusionment with the Fire Nation, having seen firsthand the effects of imperialization on the people they imperialize. Right. So he he then... Um, when is the day of Black Sun? Not yet. Okay. So we get this nice scene of, um, of Aang talking to Roku and Zuko remembering his family... And we actually learn Zuko's mom is the daughter of Avatar Roku. So so Zuko has this like this conflicted sides of of the thing of like Avatar Roku um, died trying to convince Sozin like, hey, don't do imperialism. It's bad. Um, And (laughs) so and um, so like both those halves live in Zuko and he's. He's destined to to pick a side at some point eventually. Um, this is where we get our bloodbending, our spooky God, Halloween so full so, moon episode. So, so rad, dude! Um, yeah the the puppet master is the title of this episode. Oof, the the gang meets a Southern Water Tribe prisoner or a Southern Water Tribe woman who had been taken prisoner and escaped. And she's like been living alone near this Fire Nation kingdom and is just like and starts talking to Katara about like how resourceful waterbenders must be and how we can find water in unexpected places and makes like makes a big show out of um, 
they they're standing in like a field of wildflowers and she like rips all the water out of the wildflowers and they immediately like die around them and it's like whoa it is it is sad but like this is what we have to do if we want to survive in this world now and she tells katara of how she um escaped fire fire nation prison by bloodbending and what that is is on the full moon this woman was able to get able to use the enhanced power of the full moon to bloodbend the the guards in her prison literally bend the water in their blood to get them to like walk out open the door to her cell and walk out and stand there while she freed all freed the other prisoners and left um they they the gang freaks out is like hey that's kind of fucked up (laughs) maybe you shouldn't do that um (laughs) Because the the they the town they pass through um, tells them this story of like, hey, every full moon, some amount of people from our village go missing. We don't know what that is. The group puts two and two together with the blood bending and the people missing. And they're like, hey, um, these are innocent Fire Nation members. Like they are, they didn't imprison you. And this woman is like, um, no, every Fire Nation member is is bad. Right. And what I'm doing is justified. And if you are going to try and stop me, I'm going to, I'm going to kill you like I killed them. And it ends with Katara saving the the gang by bloodbending this woman and forcing Holy her shit. to let, like, Ooh. forcing her down and, um, like, taking her in to to pay for her crimes. Uh, this Katara, is the episode that I remember vividly. Yeah, mm-hmm. Katara. Yep. Katara being forever changed and unable to like shake the feeling that she did in fact blood bend another person. Yeah, because mm-hmm. she's still a thirteen year old girl. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> this the existence of this episode is how I know I never finished the series. Yep. Because I would remember if I saw this, and I do you absolutely it. would remember it. Um, it is an amazing episode. There, and, there are like specific yeah. moments that stick out in my brain, and this is one of them. And the other one is redirecting the lightning. Yeah. Um, that that yeah. moment was a big one. And that's um, that's a big one. And that's all in book two. The redirecting yeah. the lightning. This this episode is to Last Night Brender as the Nina and the little girl and the dog episode is to Full Metal Alchemist. I think Todd knows that reference. I think so. Is that where they're... They, <laughs> yeah, okay. The Chimera. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Big big brother. <laughs> big brother. I feel like Full Metal Alchemist just oscillated back and forth between this is an excellent radical moment of cool shit happening and then oh yeah, the gravity of the situation here is a lot, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? You guys Full- forgot about all that, didn't you? Full Metal Alchemist is definitely a spiritual successor to Avatar. It's or I guess it came before, but it's like it it does what Avatar does but in in a science way. Yeah, it's very, it's very, yeah. it's very similar. Anyway, um, so we we get after the the bloodbending episode, we get an episode of Ang dealing with like the anxiety of being the Avatar and like having a timeline that he's got to got to get these things done, and he like it. It's a fun a fun break episode before the Day of Black Sun. Um, the Day of Black Sun is a two part episode, which is very very cool. 
very rad. The whole first episode, um, we finally get to see like the plans Sokka has been alluding to so far in all of season three, where like all of these old allies from throughout the history of the show show back up. Um, we get like the the freedom fighting group from from earlier. We get the underground earth bending fighters that um <laughs> they they show the boulder shows back up we get the the inventing team that was in the northern air temple um there's a couple other groups that like didn't make it into my synopsis but like the power of friendship shows up there to, it is to mm-hmm. assist on invading the fire nation on the one day they're not going to have any power um and it's it 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 kind of goes off great. Like they they load into these submarines. They they slip past Fire Nation defenses. Uh, pretty pretty un unmet so far, and they think it's fine. They think it's just because they're like sneaking around so well. And then they land on the the Fire Nation shore to zero opposition. There's just like no armies to meet them uh, when they thought when they like built up this big force of like, Hey, we're going to have to fight through fire nation army at some point. That's you guys. There's nothing. So they, they land, they kind of begin their, their infiltration and they find absolutely nothing. No fire nation soldiers, no, no Azula, no Zuko, no fire Lord. <laughs> they, they take, they storm the fire nation capital effectively unopposed um, and that is because the Fire Nation also knew about the Day of Black Sun and just kind of bunkered down. They're like we're gonna, mm. we're just gonna wait it out. Like, you're if you can't find us, you can't can't capture us. And if <laughs> Fair. when the sun comes back, you're gonna be in the middle of our capital, surrounded by firebenders. So they, um, they, the plan kind of fails. They get to Azula, Zuko, and and Ozai all underground and basically tell them this, like, yeah, what have you done? You've you found us, but like the the eclipse is over in a few minutes and we're going to wreck your shit if you're still here. So they have to retreat and nothing really happens. Um except um we learn Zuko um Zuko is there. He confronts his father. He's like, "Hey, did you did you have my mom killed, banished? What happened to mom? Why is mom gone? Because mom's been missing this whole time." And his dad's like, "Yeah, your mom was weak, and I got rid of her. And you're weak like your mom, and you're a disgrace to me and the family." And Zuko's like, "Well, well fuck you. I'm leaving," <laughs> and also leaves. <laughs> Um, and this is when Zuko vows he is going to be Aang's firebending master. He doesn't join yeah. up with them right away, mm-hmm. but he is like, I'm going to help the Avatar take you down and tells like tells his dad to his face when neither of them have any firebending. Like, I'm going to help the Avatar take you down. I'm going to be Fire Lord and I'm going to make this nation like actually great and what it should be. Um where you're going down and walks out and it's awesome. Um, he's going to make the fire nation great again. He's gonna, <laughs> I was like, trying real hard really. not to accidentally you're, you're, let that slip, but yeah. yeah. Um, 
So the day of Black Sun ends. Uh, the gang all kind of reconvenes at the nearest air temple where they are attacked um, by, by some firebending assassins. Who cares? They're, a, they're an obstacle at this point. They're just like another roadblock to throw in. But while they're waiting there, Zuko shows up and is like, and very awkwardly is like, hey guys, <laughs> you know how, hey, I ma- me? know how I made your life hell for two seasons? Well, I, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to train Aang in firebending. Is your favorite and- part of the story where enemies become friends? Because I've got great <laughs> news for you. Enemies became friends. Um, so like the whole the whole group is like, um, absolutely not. <laughs> like, what makes you think we believe you at this point? You betrayed us back in Bossing Say. You we saw you with your father in the bunker. Like, obviously this is some kind of trick. And Zuko's like, okay, well, if you're not gonna let me train you, like, take me as your prisoner then, because I'm not I'm not going back to my father. Like, I, this is real. Let me show you this by like paying for my crimes and being your prisoner and slowly wins them over. Uh, Katara is still very like, mm, I'm not so sure about you, but, but Ang, Sokka and Toph are all like, well, we need a firebending teacher. He seems pretty earnest. And we're all much more powerful than we were. Like when we encountered him before, if he steps a toe out of line, we'll just, we'll just wipe him out. Um, so Ang and Zuko start, training firebending and Zuko finds himself unable to firebend for some reason or another. Um, And what he realizes is that it is because forever and ever his driving force was capturing the avatar. And now that he has no, he's not trying to capture the avatar. He has no, no oomph behind his firebending anymore what you would call passionless fire mm-hmm. pa- passionless fire but also like no no like cold will and determination like his sister either to to prove himself it's it's literally like he doesn't know <clears throat> what he's doing anymore so his fire bending reflects that he's got depression he's yeah. got depression <laughs> that's the actual answer <laughs> fair um so there's a there's a really cool episode of uh, Zuko and Aang going off alone together to find um they they passion reali- passion <laughs> they f- they realize they're near like this ancient firebending city that is legend has that's where firebending was invented blah 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 they hope to by going to the city they'll find some relic that will help help Zuko learn the true secret of firebending and they go and they immediately are like kidnapped by this like ancient tribe of firebenders that they didn't know exist. And um, when asked why they're there, that that or the tribe is like, "Hey, we've we've worked really hard to not be known. How did you know about us? Why are you here?" Ang and Zuko are like, "Hey, we're here to we're just here to learn firebending from like the true firebending masters." Zuko lost his oomph. We want to get its oomph back. We want to get his mojo back and like learn from someone who like knows what firebending originally was. And they're like, okay, you may, you may do our trial. And if you pass our trial, you may meet the firebending masters and they will train you. Um, And the trial is, isn't much. It's like, it's, they have to do this, this dance of the dragons. And like, 
it involves them doing basically a fusion dance from Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> but it's but it's a fire bet. It's actually they're actually fire bending moves. They're like doing the motions, and Aang is like, "Hey Zuko, I think these are actually fire bending moves. And if we like start fire bending, there'll be cool fire bending moves." And Zuko's like, "Yeah, Aang, I think you're right." And they do it. They they like learn the the dance of dragons, and they go perform it on this altar, where like if they do it right, they'll fire bend, and the masters will present themselves. And they do. They do it right. They fire bend. And the masters present themselves, but the masters are not people. They're the two living, two remaining dragons That's left dope. alive in the world. That's awesome. Sick. Nice. Um, so this is actually, these are actually the two dragons that Iroh is supposed to have killed to gain his Dragon of the West title. Hmm. He did not kill them when he found them. He instead learned much in the way Aang and Zuko are, were about to he learned the the true meaning of firebending from them and was like, yeah, I'm not killing the two remaining dragons because I'm not a monster. Um, I will I will tell everyone you are dead so they stop looking for you. And um, but yeah, they learn firebending from the last two dragons in this world. Um, Zuko gets his groove back and Aang has a firebending teacher who can firebend. Um we get a cool series of of misadventures with Zuko. Everyone goes on their own adventure with Zuko. Um, Sokka, Sokka's adventure is a jailbreak nice. double parter. <laughs> um, they, Sweet. They go break um, specifically Iroh and um, Sokka's second love interest out of a Fire Nation prison. And it's super rad. Um, the prison is like on this this rock, this island in the middle of a volcanic lake. So it's called the Boiling Rock because it's surrounded by boiling water. And the whole conceit is like, um, the only way on or off the prison is a, is a, is a, not a ferry, uh, not a monorail, but a, like a sky. The sky, box. sky box things. Sky the, box yeah. things. Yeah. Like a, like a ski lift, but it's mm -hmm. enclosed. You see them at Cedar a Gondola. 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 That's yeah. the word. Um, so they do this whole two-parter jailbreak episode. Um, Zuko Zuko reunites with Iroh, who has spent his time in prison doing prison workouts and getting super ripped. Um, <laughs> I remember this. Yeah. Zuko goes to Iroh and is like, Uncle, I've I've failed you. Um, I know you're never gonna forgive me, but like I'm I'm helping the Avatar now. I'm here to break you out. Like you don't have to forgive me, but like, I want you out of this prison. And Iroh's like, Zuko, I already forgave you. Like, oh, you're, yeah, yeah like, this. he gives him a big bear hug and like, and mm -hmm. they cry and it's this big touching moment. And he's like, like, Zuko, I already forgave you. The sounds of a thousand daddy issues. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so that's a big, big touching moment. The, the, the gang has a few additional members when they go up against the, the Fire Lord before Sozin's Comet, good things happen. Uh, Katara and Zuko also go on an adventure. Um, and this one is Katara wants revenge for the on the Fire Lord captain that killed her mother. So mm. her the whole thing there is like Katara's mom was a waterbender. Fire Nation came into the Southern Water Tribe and killed every waterbender they could find. Um 
And Zuko is like, oh yeah, I know the guy who like would have carried out those raids. I know he he's responsible and I know where he is. And Katara's like, rampage, let's go. Um, so they go on this, they go on this Fire Nation rampage where Katara just like does some of the most badass waterbending we've seen all show. Um, they find this guy and he's like this this sniveling wimp who like only only was a killer because he was backed by the force of the Fire Nation and now he's just some sniveling wimp. And we get this nice cathartic moment of like Katara being like, I could kill you, but that's not going to make me any better than you. And honestly, your life is so pathetic at this point. It's more punishment to let you live as this like cowardly worm that you are. And like, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Holds him at like icicle point, almost kills him and is like, no, you're not worth it basically. And walks away. And it's, it's super great and awesome. Um, and then we get our recap episode which is the best recap episode I have ever seen in anything where the, the gang goes to a theater that is telling the story of the avatar. I remember this as well. Yeah. From the perspective of the fire nation. Yes. Oh, cool. (laughs) It's a propaganda clip show. Yeah. It's a, it's a (laughs) propaganda clip show. And like literally the whole episode is nothing more than them watching these, these actors like, play buffoonish versions of themselves and like being like oh i'm so dumb i'm like (laughs) i'll never beat the fire lord i'm the avatar and like and everyone hates it because like they're they're like it's propaganda against them but it's our recap Mm -hmm. episode and then we go into the four-part two-hour finale of the whole show sozin's comet um so the comet (laughs) arrives um azula and the fire lord are like in the fire nation capital like yes this is our moment um fire lord ozai who is voiced by mark hamill i should mention yes Um, oh wow yeah um fire lord ozai is like i with this comet coming and our plan fulfilled um getting very ahead of himself like with our plan now fulfilled i am no longer the fire lord I am something new. I am the ruler of the whole world, the Phoenix King. Um, so you, you Azula, are now the Fire Lord, ruler of the the Fire Nation. But I am your. I'm ruler of the whole world, the Phoenix King. Um, it's it's setting up how how full of himself, mm-hmm. bigger they are, harder they fall, for for Ozai. Great. Um, we then. We then go to episode two, where we find Iroh has um, gathered all of these, like, all the, it's called the old masters. So it's all the, like, old, skilled people they thought were going to be Aang's bending teachers throughout the series team up and mm. take back Bossing Say, basically. Oh, so cool. you've got. There's, I, a, there's a boomer caper. It's a boomer, it's a boomer caper. It's a it's real. Got, it's wild hogs for uh, <laughs> for Avatar. I was yes. gonna go with uh, another sick Ghost Rider reference of I got enough in me for one more. It's fuck. It's, it's the and last now I ride. get all of your Ghost Rider. Yeah, you do. <laughs> it's the last ride. It's um, but. 
but it they take back bossing say um which um you've got boomy you've got Sokka's like sword sword teaching master um it's paku the guy who taught them water bending iroh and the the fire the fire bending guy that they like met in book one and and never came back to they all take bossing cool. say back and it's this big moment for for iroh um because his great shame the reason he was disgraced was he he tried to take bossing say originally years and years ago and failed um so now he took it back but he took it back from the fire nation not mm-hmm. for the fire nation so he gets his iroh gets his redemption and it's very cool love that um and then the comet appears and the big fight happens um uh, part three is is the the war almost it's more of like Sokka leading the the resistance against the fire nation this is todd where you get your my space sword scene <laughs> um we get to see toff doing cool metal bending tricks mm. which which is a thing uh toff does cool metal bending tricks to take down these big sky zeppelins that the fire nation has um they they do uh they do a, a war and start winning um meanwhile Zuko marches into the Fire Nation capital up to his sister, who is now Fire Lord, and challenges her to an Agni Kai to dethrone her and reclaim his honor. Um, so we get this awesome firebending fight between Azula and Zuko. Um, most of it is set with like no sound effects. It's just set to this like haunting music as brother and sister effectively fight to the death um one being this amazing firebending prodigy and zuko with this newfound resolve to to actually find his honor and like the true meaning of firebending or whatever um it's a very cool fight azula starts to lose to zuko so she breaks the rules of the agni kai and targets katara who is watching on the sidelines with lightning um drawing her into the fight so it then becomes katara and zuko versus azula um resulting in katara like freezing azula in this big block of ice and then like water bending her way through the ice to like chain azula up while she's still frozen and then like melts it all down and and we like leaves Azula just like drenched, powerless, and like chained up, and Zuko the victor of the Agni Kai. Um, honestly, it's a cooler fight than the fight between Ang and the Fire Lord <laughs> at this point. That's awesome. <laughs> um, we move into the fight, the finale, part four, Avatar Ang, where Ang fights fire lord ozai um fire lord ozai is you know fully powered up by the comet at this point ang has mastered the avatar state goes into the avatar state and a big fight ensues it's you know a 20 minute long fight Mm -hmm. that i'm not gonna go into detail but that's cool and bendy um ang wins zuko is fire lord um ang and katara kiss and and all is right with the world 
end the series. Yay. Woo! That's so good. That was great. Yeah. That was really great. I don't remember much about... Actually, I remember more about book three than I, than I thought I did. Yeah. Um, book, book three moves quick. And I yeah. also found that like when I got to book three, I remembered more of it than I thought I did. But that's just because it like it all goes into the yeah. next thing and kind of blurs together. But that is Avatar, The Last Airbender. That was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go back and watch this I've, like immediately. I've mm-hmm. already, <laughs> you can see in my camera, I've already, ooh, you can't, oh, never mind, that just cut my feed. Um, <laughs> oh, I've already no. got it queued up. That's awesome. Um, I just broke my camera. That's great. Awesome. Go. Consummate go. professionals here. Consummate professionals. Um, yeah. So, so um, like I said, there is a follow-up series to this. Legend of Korra picks up 70 years after the event, the events of The Last Airbender. Um, obviously, it is following Aang's death. A new avatar is reincarnated. It is Korra, a water, ben- a water tribe member. Um, her whole thing is that she, like, immediately masters all the bending. Um, the, the opening shot, one of the opening shots is, like, toddler Korra bending all four elements at once like she she has a mastery of the the bending part of it and struggles with the the helping people part of it um cora does the cora does this cool thing where it time jumps so we get all this new technology that is like based on bending and influenced by bending so they live in this kind of industrial society where like firebenders can get like factory jobs, but the factory job is like shooting lightning into a generator to provide to provide power for the city. Huh. Um, I mean, that kind of rules. Yeah, a little bit. It's v- very cool world building. Um, and it also the other thing Legend of Korra does is takes the anime knob and just dials it way up to ten. Um, mm. the whole the whole like. Uh, framing device for the first season especially is um, Korra goes to the big city and really 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 wants to participate in what is called pro bending which is two teams um, competing in like a a uh, capture the flag style bending competition so like the first half of season one is just like excuses to show off pro bending um what with this undercurrent of like non-benders feeling oppressed by benders, like feeling unrepresented in this world of benders and being like, we gotta take the power back from the benders and and like get representation for ourselves as well. Um we are not gonna go into all the ins and outs of Korra <laughs> like this, because we do not want to sit here for another three hours, but um, it is it is a good show. It is a great follow up to the last Airbender, and there are people who would even go so far to say it's better than the last Airbender, even if I'm not one of those people. <laughs> I was just um, gonna ask if you're one of those people. I am not. Um, Derek is my my oh. brother is so, or he he isn't sure if if it's better than the other, but it it could be in his eyes. Um, I'm. I mean, it's so incredibly rare that any series gets a sequel or a spinoff 
that can even like hold a candle to the original. So whether it's better or not, I mean, it's just cool that it's good. It is. It does hold a candle to the original. Um, its biggest weakness is not its fault. It's Nickelodeon's fault. So I said at the beginning, like Nickelodeon doing the thing of like not giving a tentpole show the attention it deserves and and leaving it to to like live or die on its own. Um, that absolutely happened with with Legend of Korra, where um, the first two seasons aired at very inconsistent time slots when they did air. It would just be like, oh, man, this one's going to be two Thursdays from now. And then the next one will be like the Friday after that. And then maybe the Monday, two, two Mondays after that. Um, when finally in the middle of book three, Nickelodeon stopped airing the episodes on TV entirely. And you could only watch them uh, as they came out a week at a time on the Nickelodeon website. Oh, like, oh that sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And they did that for book three and four. And like, you just had to, you had to like follow the people promoting it. Cause Nickelodeon like stopped announcing when new episodes were coming out and you just had to like go to the Nickelodeon website and watch it online as, as they came out online. Wow. Um, that super yeah. sucks. Yeah. Walking Dead did like a brief online web series and I think I was arguably more into Walking Dead as it was airing than I have been to anything that has been happening like currently. Um and I didn't even watch the web series for Walking Dead. So that that sucks that yeah. Nickelodeon did Cora dirty like that. Did Cora real dirty like that. And now Via Viacom and Paramount are get have given them their own studio to prop up Paramount Plus. So hopefully they've seen the error of their ways and um, give give any future ties tie-ins to the series the love that they deserve. Um, yeah, so in addition to Legend of Korra, there was the uh, bad movie that we don't talk about. Um, and... The creators actually managed to work out a publishing deal with a comic book publisher. I'm I'm not sure which one it is. Um, they used the comics to kind of fill out some stories like fans had been asking to hear throughout the whole run of, of the first Avatar. Um, a big one, the comic book's answer is like, what does, what, ha- what actually happens to Zuko's mom? Um, they also do a entire... Uh, Avatar Kyoshi series in the comics, which was like two avatars before Aang. She's kind of a a warrior, an earthbending warrior type. So she's a little more ruthless in her in her avataring than Aang is, and they do a, a short series of that. Um, if you like Avatar and are hungry for more content, the comics are a good read. It has been a while since I've read the ones that I've read and looked into the other ones, but like, those are all very good stories as well. Um, and get around a lot of the, the Nickelodeon tomfoolery at a time that Nickelodeon was doing a lot of tomfoolery. Um, <laughs> so that is avatar. The last airbender. Rest. Super good. Awesome. Really, yeah. really good. Well done, um, Kyle. Thank you. So thank you everyone for listening um, if you want to commission your own deep dive flavor text like we just did here today, 
you can do that through our Patreon by being a master debater. Uh, Andrew or Matt, who is more versed in the Patreon than I, do you want to give the quick Patreon spiel? Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash debate this cast. We have three levels. Uh, our top tier is our $25 monthly tier called Master Debater. As a Master Debater, you will not only get access to the premium feed that includes Forbogorf and the Office Drones, our D&D Real Play podcast, but you will also have access to live streams of The Plus is Loose, but you will also have access to our exclusive Discord. But wait, there's more. You will have access to everything in our $10 level, which is our filibuster sword level. That's what it is. Uh, Yep, that level will give you access to our uh, show notes, copies of our show notes for every debate this episode, in addition to uh, extended cut debate this episodes that are uploaded straight to the Patreon. And then, of course, at that $25 level, that will get you access to everything I just said, in addition to the ability to commission your own flavor texts. We're asking anybody that we're asking that people join and stay at the master debater level for three months, total of three months. Then you will unlock your first flavor text commission. Um, also, we started doing movie nights. We did a movie night uh, last week when we were at, as of this recording on on Halloween night, where Matt walked us through the the wonder <laughs> and majesty that is the Ghost Rider movie, the Nick Cage Ghost Rider movie that was made in 20, 2007. So, so now Andrew gets all of Matt's Ghost Rider references whenever he yes. makes them, <laughs> which is um, really all I've ever wanted. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so if you join uh, at that level, you'll have all of that um, and all of that backlogged as well. Um, that's all up on Patreon. Um, that is going to do it for us today. Thank you all for listening to Debate This. You can follow along the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Debate This Cast or on our website at DebateThisCast.com. Until next time, I'm Kyle Harper. I'm Todd. Eleven and a half years later, I'm still angry about this movie, Thomas. I'm Matt. If Sokka played football at Notre Dame, you could call him Moon Tai Teo, Cole. And I'm Andrew. Good Appa. I'm burning Sozin's Comet 4. <laughs> oh, God. Henderson. Oh, what a callback. Uh, and we're saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds. <laughs>